Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! the giant stone out of the way crawled forth from my grave I live again um, yeah so uh, getting there getting there um, you know it's one of those things of flu where you uh, you live it and uh, you realize man I don't know that I've actually ever had the flu before because that was fucking awful that's <laughs> Ugh, that was, was bad. Maybe it wasn't the flu. Yeah, it was four days of upwards of 100 fever. Jesus. It was um, lots of aches. I had trouble, like, like you know, the whole getting out of bed thing, like feeling like you're all hunched over and, you know, never really got sniffles or anything, just a little bit, some, some, some heavy lungs. I still feel the remnants of that, so... I was morbid afterwards, and like it was like, man, I think I figured it out. The, the way I'm going to die, I'm going to get sick like that. I'm going to end up with pneumonia and just like drown in my own mucus. And nobody will even know, like for like weeks, because they'll yeah. figure, well, you know, who knows? My neighbors, I guess he quit work, you know. Yeah, there's some. They'll they'll just call my cell phone, but then eventually the cell phone will just die because it won't be charged, and uh, then uh, my mom will email me. But I, sh- I won't respond for a little while. She'll she'll probably just think I'm angry about something. Yeah. And um and then like the neighbors will finally call when the stench starts going through the little paper thin floors. But they won't call for a long time because they'll be like you know oh he's doing that stuff again. <laughs> you know or you know he that fucker never washes. <laughs> well you know well I'm getting getting there now. It's like it's it's taking some time to get over this one. It wasn't very fun and. As a result, I didn't do much of anything. I didn't even watch movies or anything. I just kind of I, I would sleep for like two hours at a time. And yeah, that's yeah. what sucks when you're when you have like a fever and shit. Yeah, you don't even want to watch TV. Don't want to jack off. Don't want to watch TV. Oh, jacking uh, off was the farthest thing from my mind. Yeah, <laughs> jacking off. Pissing was already a jump of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, so, what have you been up to? What the hell's your week? Um, what have you been since- watching? Last the listeners heard from me, I was uh, physically disabled for about, oh, oh yeah. probably three, th- two days really super bad. Then I started recovering a little bit, but Ugh. not that much. 
threw my back out uh, while sitting on the toilet. Um, Maybe there's your way to go, something on the toilet. Yeah, it's like Elvis. I reached over to get some toilet paper and just just reaching over. It's one of those things where your my back must have been close to being ready to go out, and all it took was just a little, tiny little move to the side, and Ugh. it went completely out. Um, so I never did go to the chiropractor because I just figured, well, you know, it's just going to take a while for it to sort itself out so i've just been kind of putting some cold and hot on it and uh um you know i can feel it it's not like it was but it's it gets real stiff but it's getting better i also did not watch uh many movies because number one it is hockey season yes it is uh and just about every fucking day i am um Either watching, because I'll sleep during the day, and then when I get up, I'll uh, most of the games start at like 7, and I'll start watching the hockey game. And of course, I have to, every seems like every fucking game I get on, into that's on TV uh, <laughs> goes into overtime and a shootout. So I never get to see the end of it. I'll be posting on Gentleman's Guide to Sports, uh, you know, the, the score and who scored and all this and that. And then it's always, when I go to work, it'll say, Two 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 tie, overtime or one one tie, and then when I'm driving to work, I usually hear it on Sirius. Who wins? Um, and I watch some football. I watch the Cowboys uh, cheat the Lions out of. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I was watching that game, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this seems fucking. Maybe I watch too much wrestling, and I think everything's a work, <laughs> but. It was bad. And the league even came out and said, apologized for blowing like two or three key calls, you know, and all this and that. So, and then, um, do we want to get into what we've been watching? Sure. Okay. Well, you know, might as well do that. Uh, cause I only watched, uh, one movie that we haven't discussed already. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I will say again, I watched, uh, I, I, I bought, uh, Fury. And I watched nice. it again. Um, Did you buy it digitally or buy the Blu-ray? Buy, I bought it digitally, and then I bought or well, bought uh, a, an an old uh, classic, which I have watched so many times now that it's kind of I don't think it's weird, but it's just one of these ones that I can just watch over and over and over, and that's Al Pacino in Powers Booth in cruising uh i watched that again uh it's still fucking just amazing how fucking weird and awesome it is the uh, when i when we first talked about this movie a long time ago i said that man i can't stand the fucking music who the fuck could dance to that shit now i've watched it so many times that like that when i close my eyes i i see blood <laughs> when i close my eyes i see blood i and have I'll, that i have that soundtrack on vinyl yeah <laughs> and uh, I, just, I could listen to that shit all the time now i just fucking uh, this movie is so good um, <laughs> in, in such a weird way. I don't know. Um, and the uh, last thing that I watched was uh, Brendan Gleeson in Calvary. Ooh. Uh, which, I uh, also watched Calvary. Calvary. And uh, let me tell you something. 
uh, first of all, when I think about all these movies that I've watched that Brendan Gleeson is in, even when he is, oh, what was the one I watched and he was just, uh, I can't remember now, but where he's not like uh, Gangs of New York, he really wasn't like the major guy in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched one where he was kind of a, oh, it was that Green Zone with Matt Damon. He was he, in some Harry Potter movies. Yeah, he's just fucking great in everything. Yeah. Uh, and this, he is the star. He is the main guy. And this movie has such a um, an odd uh, tone to it. Very somber. Uh, yeah, but but the the thing that that I just thought was so odd was how okay he's a priest and how so many of these people just talk to him like shit <laughs> or are just so sarcastic and so nasty to him, but in a passive aggressive way, which we hate on Sylvan Gold. Passive no, no passive aggressiveness here. Horrible, you know. It just gets you into trouble. Uh, <laughs> so that's well, I don't remember. Anyway, um, but um, the the one guy. Oh, what was the um, short film that got all the buzz uh, with Brendan Gleeson, where he's riding on the train, and it has the thing about the rabbit. I don't remember. Oh well, I can't remember what it was. I watched. Oh, I probably have. I think I bought it. On Imbada, I thought I did, but anyway, he was in the short film um, where at the beginning his wife passes away, mm-hmm. and then he's going on a train. Oh, a uh, six shooter. Oh, I haven't seen that. You've seen it? I've not. Okay. You, well, first of all, it is. It's you're not. You don't have to invest a lot of time in it. But <laughs> the the guy because it's a short film. It's <laughs> um, the guy in Cavalry. Uh, that rides the uh, motorcycle that has the bow tie. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He is the other guy in Six Shooter. He was in something else, <sighs> some like romantic comedy or something. I remember liking him in that. Oh, he's an odd duck, and yeah. I think he's cool. I like him because he's so weird. Um, but I liked that movie. It, it, um, I remember seeing the the trailer was really good. It looked really cool, and um, then you know it's never going to come around here. So I was happy to see it show up on iTunes. It's yeah. one of those ones that uh, got like a pre release or whatever, um, and it was uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, good. It, did yeah. you ever see the guard? Yes, okay. I like yeah. that. I thought it, I was I was concerned it was going to be because the guard. For me, the like the guard was more of a comedy than this. This had funny moments in it. The guard was more of a comedy, and I didn't really care for like the big ending of the guard. So I was yeah. I was concerned it was going to be like that. But this was a lot more understated, and uh, I liked it. But so that's a um, kind of a sh- I, I, it seems like okay. I watched uh, what was the Batman with fucking uh, Heath Ledger? Is that Dark Knight? Dark Knight, yeah. Yeah, I watched that one again. There's some stuff that I watched. I've been being lazy about. Uh, coming home and putting the shit up on the uh, thing so I can remember. But I, I, there wasn't anything else that uh, – there was a few times where I started. I, I said, oh, I'm going to watch this. Uh, I'd even post on Silver and Gold. Oh, I'm going to watch this tonight, or I rented this. I'm going to watch – oh, well, there's one I just thought of. <laughs> I knew there's other stuff there. I watched fucking and, – and, and how could I forgot? How could I forget this fucking movie? I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, God. With Megan Fox. Okay. Now, people. <laughs> um, 
first of all, like when she was in Transformers, which I hated all those movies, but like the first one, I thought she's she's very attractive. I thought she's good looking, you know. And and then I saw her play, you know, several times play, you know, cunts in fucking movies where she plays a real fucking bitch or whatever. And she kind of she could pull that off real well. But she she had to have had some kind of plastic surgery, and she's young, so I don't figure it can't figure it out. Because when I was watching this movie, okay. From the time she was in, say, Transformers, say she was really, say she was twenty years old then, really young. And how many years ago was the first one of that? Of Transformers? Yeah, maybe ten. Ten years ago. So I mean, she's you know maybe in her early thirties now, but her face just looks different. Huh. Um, like I don't know if she's done Botox. I I know at one time she kind of had her lips puffed up, and so I think maybe that's what it is. But the whole time I was watching that, I was like, what the fuck? She doesn't even – it's like it's like when you have a hot chick, but it's like it's like Patrick Swayze and Don Swayze. You know, when you have a hot chick like Patrick Swayze, but then he has a brother, Don Swayze, who looks just like him, but, but there's something off. But, yeah, not quite right. Yeah, that's the way this is with her. So it's kind of like – now, I will say this, people. Did you see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I – no. <laughs> Why the negativity? Okay. Um, my friend Tim watched the the old movie, I guess. And he must have, you know, when he was a kid, he's younger than me. So when he was a kid, that was during that time, which I never watched. I didn't know that well, much. Well, yeah, I, I saw that. I saw the first one in the theater. I was probably like 13, and I didn't even like it then. So, but he even said, he goes, you know, you have to keep in mind what it is. Yeah. I, I would say, um, for like kids, like if I was maybe eight to twelve years old or something, maybe you know, I I, I would well maybe not even twelve. That might be a little too old. <laughs> but I probably you know because it's got a lot of good action and shit like that in it. Um, but that being said, um, it's got some nasty shit in it too that I don't know would be that might be too much for a kid. Hmm. But all in all, when I came out of it, I I wouldn't like rate it like a one or a two or anything like that. It was there was some stuff in it that I was laughing. I mean, I had my headphones on and I'm sitting there and I've and there was several different times where I fucking laughed out loud and not at like how stupid it was. Like there were some lines and stuff in it that really cracked me up. Uh, so I, I have to say, you know, this was not my worst. Mi- I would rather watch this than Transformers. Okay. Any of the Transformers. Did you ever see the Onion article where they were? It was they were talking about the how much time they were spending on uh, making the CGI turtle dicks. <laughs> they had turtle dicks. No, but you should oh. see the the Onion. Oh, it's like an Onion video. Yeah, yeah. It was really funny. Um, and I forgot, I watched Stargate with Kurt Russell and Spader, which is funny because it probably was the last movie that Spader wasn't a pervert in and a, <laughs> and a, and a fucking creepy pervert. Um, this was on this. Uh, I just happened to catch it. I, I enjoyed that one. I remember seeing that one uh, when it first came out in the theater, and it was just, you know, you, you think of sci-fi and especially, you know, if you're a Star Wars, Star Trek fan and you have an idea of sci-fi or even um, even uh, Blade Runner, 
you had a you know it's, it's something futuristic or whatever or like trancers yeah or like trancers but oh shit i didn't say what we were covering today well there you go um but this but stargate um it just had such a different concept <clears throat> You know, uh, it was an interesting and a and kind of unusual concept that they, you know, created this Stargate. And when they go through, it's almost like an ancient Egyptian thing, but still kind of more futuristic. Mm-hmm. That they have they live by a, like an Egyptian culture. So that was interesting. I like Kurt Russell in just about everything, even though he's kind of a, a e bagger Tay. Oh no! I Is think he? He, well, Ted Nugent was his fucking like best man at his fucking wedding, Fuck. <laughs> or he was best man at Ted Nugent's wedding. And they always have these big um, hunting things. Like he must have maybe a bunch of maybe man. maybe he's just more mature than us and can handle that. Maybe nah, <laughs> he's he's. I don't I don't think he's a. I don't know if he's a teabagger because I've never heard him speak politically. Yeah, but I know that he's more on the. Macho right hunting gun culture, uh, mm. and be friends with Ted Nugent. Uh, well, yeah. which you know, I mean, you know, I we guess we all have you, our faults. Hey, we have. I, I will say this: we have friends on, our, you know, in our group. I have friends in real life that are like that, and I'm friends with them. I was going to post something the other day, and this was an odd thing I just came up with, and somebody else has probably thought up, thought it up, but I didn't. But uh, my post was not on silver and gold, but like on my board because we don't like politics or religion or uh, wrestling or farting or burping. Right. <laughs> but it, my quote was going to be, um, would you let an imaginary friend come between you and a real friend? <laughs> would you let an imaginary friend, um, would you kill for an imaginary friend? Would you instant and like that, you know, because I know people that because they have certain beliefs in what I would consider an imaginary friend right. in the sky or whatever <laughs> would let it actually come between them and a real friend, you know, and I think that's very odd yeah. that you could follow something you could have you could be indoctrinated in something to such a level that you would pick your blind belief in something that you have no evidence of that exists, an imaginary friend, and you would be like, well, I can't hang out with this person anymore because they talk about my imaginary friend. And if you take the religion thing out of it and you just say, okay, Loaf, you have a friend, an imaginary friend named Bill. Right. From and look at it from a child perspective, because a lot of children would have like this imaginary friend, and um, you have this Bill, and you talk to him all the time by yourself, and all this and that and everything. But then you have a buddy that lives down the street that is your best friend, and you go play ball with him, and you know all this stuff. It just seems so odd to me. But there's people that, but but then again. From another perspective, this is philosophical Sylvan Gold talk. Yeah. If you are a true friend of someone who has an imaginary friend, should you let that come between you? Because you're sitting there going, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you got an imaginary friend. You're a fucking idiot. 
Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Is this too deep for Sylvan Gold? Maybe. I can be that shallow, though. So. Yeah, but I mean, but you can be that way about a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could be like, oh, I hate that fucking guy because he wears one of those shirts that just has the three buttons and no collar. Ugh, they're the worst. You <laughs> Fuck those people and those shirts. Fuck that son of a bitch. I hate him. <laughs> so anyway, let's get back on. on okay, track. okay. We haven't talked in a while, so, you know. Um, <clears throat> I, I watched, like I said, not much, but seeing as I've been off for two weeks, um, I watched. I watched. Uh, I bought it on iTunes. Jodorowsky, Jodorowsky's Dune. Um, I think I teased that I had watched it when we, when I was last on the show. Uh, really, really good. Probably my favorite documentary this year. Definitely. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, I um, and I I come from a, a place. Uh, so if you're if you're hesitant to see it because you're not a Dune fan, I'm not a Dune fan at all. I mean, I've seen half of the David Lynch movie and. I've fallen asleep like four times. Uh, I, I I really I don't have any any history with it or anything. You don't really have to. Um, it's not it's not a movie about Dune. It's about his creative process, and it's really interesting. It's good. Now, did you see Holy Mountain? Yes, I did. See, I liked um, El Topo. Yeah. And then you know I heard so many people talk about Holy Mountain, and I and I went into it pretty much knowing the concept and knowing that uh, knowing his style and that it was going to be a strange and odd visual, you know, mind blowing thing or whatever. I even bought Holy Mountain and I've, ne- I have not still made it through it's, it. It's really bizarre. You should watch it. It's good. Yeah. I just get kind of like, you know, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I have, okay. I know in certain States they're making like medical marijuana, legal and making even you know like marijuana legal or medical marijuana legal have they made lsd legal yet i don't think so okay or like i think that one started off legal as like because like doctors were developing it then then people were abusing it they but like peyote if you went out in the desert and got this cactus is that legal to boil that down and drink it and fucking i don't know but anyway because it's not it's not legal to to like harvest mushrooms to eat them. I don't think yeah. that's that. Yeah. I'd much rather listen to, and I think it's funny that there's like, there was like three different pronunciations. Cause people will say Joe Dorowski. People will say one guy said, uh, Hodorowski. <laughs> and then another guy said, Yodorowski. So it's probably, it's pro. I don't know what it is. Honestly, the one gonna, dude I would guess why the, the, like, the, 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 the um, who was the one guy? Uh, he wore like kind of like the safari hat, like what I had at the wrestling thing with the one side flipped up. And he said uh, he was talking about El Topo, and he said he and he has a British accent, and he's like, and oh, he, he, he he's del- Australian. He did the yeah. um, I think he directed Hardware or something like that. Okay, that yeah, and he's the one that said, you know, the, he delivers the classic line, "I am God," <laughs> and he said Hodorowski. And hmm. then everybody else said Yodorowski. I'd guess I'd guess Yodorowski. I've never heard. But maybe I've, that's because he's Australian. I've never heard. I don't know that I've ever heard him actually say his own name. So I don't know how he pronounces it. And I looked him up. You know, just uh, I've, I, I swear, honest to God, because I bought Yodorowski's Dune, uh, the digital yeah. uh, copy of it for my iPad. 
I just said that I've watched Cruisin' probably 12 times. <laughs> I've wa- I literally have watched that thing from beginning to end at least 10 times. <laughs> it's it's a, I just love it. I love listening to him talk. I love listening to all of them talk. It's really and good. I'm um not like there's, you know, you have people who watch sci-fi movies and like sci-fi movies, but then you have people that are really sci-fi aficionados or quote unquote geeks that are, that are so into everything and they learn it. And, um, I, you know, of course I like alien and aliens, but I did not know who Giger was. Uh, 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 O'Bannon, O'Bannon, uh, yeah, all these guys. I, it wasn't, that movie was a real education for me. Cool. So I really liked it. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, definitely check it out. It's, it's, and, um, I mean, you know, you're supporting someone in our community as well, our circle. So um, is that the back of a neck? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I did not even know that when I watched it until someone was talking about it the other day and mentioned that, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Yep. Really? Well, there you go. I supported, it and I didn't even know it. Yeah. And to that person who probably will never listen to our show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put money into it, so. Um, cool. So uh, the 20, let's see, Christmas Eve, I really, I, I, I had to work, and I really started feeling like shit that day. But I still managed to watch Die Hard, uh, my Christmas movie of the year. Um, I already had, I was, supposed to, I was supposed to go home. I actually, for the first time in probably six years, I had... A few days off in a row at Christmas, and that, and I end up with the flu. But <laughs> um, so I was planning on driving home Christmas morning, and I woke up with a hundred fever, and it just didn't happen. But um, but I watched Die Hard, still probably my favorite action movie ever. I love it. Um, I watched on Christmas Day. This is this is when the sickness started. Uh, maybe this is the cause of it. Drive Hard. <laughs> what the fuck was that? It's a Brian Trenchard Smith's uh, newest movie. Oh, it's got Thomas Jane and oh yeah, John Cusack. Ooh, ooh. Is it was a horrible? It's pretty bad. Hmm. There's some there's some parts I had hopes. There's some parts of it that I, I smiled at. Now, granted, I watched this at a time when my body was strained, <laughs> but it was kind of boring. Does Thomas um, Jane get naked in any part of it? Hmm. No. Is it possible in any part of it that he that you thought that he might be inebriated? Yes. Okay. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he he kind of acts like that. His hair's real long and stringy in it. It'll, yeah. John Cusack looks like I feel like the fact that he's wearing this baseball cap the entire movie that he might be trying to hide the fact that he's going bald, but I'm not sure. Last time um, I saw him his hair was so black. I mean, there's nothing more ridiculous, people. If you're going to color your hair, then go for like some kind of a, I don't know, lighter color. Something when natural. Cage does that. Cusack does that. Ronald fucking Reagan. I mean, when you're like 50 and you don't even have a gray hair on your fucking head, but all your face has wrinkles and shit all over it, it you, you look like a fucking old woman or something. I almost felt like Cusack in this movie was doing um, like Dan Aykroyd's character from Gross Point Blank. Ah. 
like because he I did the double that. pistol that thing good. and uh, he was all I don't know. The movie was is his butt as big as Dan Aykroyd's in Gross Point. <laughs> Not quite, Man, but he does wear. He's like he's got this like Steven Seagal outfit on the whole fucking movie. Like, do you the, think that like Dan Aykroyd? We always joke like on GGTMC because they. I mean, well, we don't on our show because we're more highbrow. Definitely, but on their show, like they would say something about Dan Aykroyd having a big butt. <laughs> now, on some of the the. The more, uh, I don't know if I should say sexist groups on Facebook where we post pictures of women <laughs> and then we comment about how they're hot or, right, you right. know, my quote for the week was uh, on the Sharon Stone basic instinct picture that uh, I would eat her <laughs> till the cows came home. <laughs> And then when the cows came home, I would stop because who's going to feed the cat? Somebody has to feed the cows. <laughs> right. So anyway, do you think on like a – like if Dan Aykroyd would walk into the manhole, like one of those bars from Cruisin', <laughs> would, would there be like um, Betty Davis appreciation people that would look at his big butt and like there would be I like a – I wonder if – yes, I don't know if – I don't know if big butts are uh, like a a thing. Well, I've heard some gay guys talk about somebody having like a you know having like a bubble butt or whatever. But he like, doesn't really bubble butt. He's just a big wide. Yeah, butt. but like, but see, on some of those groups, that well, the one I just mentioned doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> but um, there are people that like butts that are wide. Some, yeah, some people might call them. Uh, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around this, but let's just say there are some people that appreciate heavy, big butts. Okay. And I'm thinking in my brain, like that, like we're in a a the manhole, and you know they're playing oh plop and boot around, and Dan Aykroyd's over there, and you see like these guys dancing with jock straps on. Or just chaps, and they're shaking their naked asses while they're, uh, well, jockstrap and the chaps, because I didn't really see anybody with just their dicks out until you got to the fisting and stuff. But like then, <laughs> like here would be a couple of our friends that I'm not going to mention, and Dan Aykroyd would walk by, and he'd have this big, heavy, wide, uh, probably at the time I would say he had to have weighed 270 pounds or whatever. <laughs> And he goes walking by, and he's shaking his big white ass. With and, the jock strap? Yeah, and those guys would be like, damn, look at that. And Gay Loaf and Gay Zom would be standing there, and Gay Loaf would look over at Gay Zom and go, you know, Jesus fucking Christ. Why does <laughs> he have Can you imagine the size of the dumps that come out of that thing? He's got a shirt on with three buttons and no collar, you know. But, <laughs> we're, you know yeah. we're waiting. We're waiting for uh, for Clooney to walk by instead. Yeah, yeah. Clooney. <laughs> He's got a nice little butt. Oh. Um, Don Johnson. Uh, we watched. Uh, I talked about this in the last week, but you weren't. You weren't there. It was just me talking to myself, which <laughs> pretty much is like this show too. Uh, a lot of times when I'm just fucking rambling. Um, um, I watched. Hotspot with Don Johnson, Virginia Madsen, and that with one of my friends, and he had never seen it. Mm -hmm. And so we're watching it, and we're looking at like Virginia Madsen's getting naked and everything, and Jennifer Conley's getting naked, mm -hmm. and 
every time that it would really get interesting, Don Johnson would like pull his boxer shorts down and they just have a full shot of his ass. (laughs) (laughs) The director fucking with you. And I forgot to say last week that I I know I did say that I watched Gone Girl, but I, I don't think I mentioned that I'm pretty sure that you get to see Ben Affleck's cock. Ooh. Like getting in the shower from the side. Because re- until somebody reminded me of that, I actually remember saying when I was watching it, Jesus Christ, I think I, we just saw Ben Affleck's cock. I haven't seen that one yet. You haven't seen Ben Affleck's cock? No, I haven't seen Gone Girl either. Oh, that's a good one. I'll I liked it. You know. Check that out. Um, let's see. What else did I watch when I was sick? Oh, In Your Eyes. This is a little indie movie. Um it's from 2014. It's on it's on Netflix, and it's basically this kind of well-to-do girl that lives in Vermont or Connecticut or something, and this guy that he's kind of like a problem kid and grows up and has some has some trouble with uh, trouble with the law and stuff. He lives out in Arizona, but for some reason they can they have this telepathic bond. It's never explained why, but they can kind of see through each other's eyes but it's almost like they can start a phone call. Hmm. Um, So it kind of explores that and their relationship, how it forms, because they they have this bond from when they're kids, but they don't start, like, acknowledging each other until they're adults because they just kind of think that they're maybe sick or something, like like, hallucinating or something. They have, like, a secret friend. Yeah, kind of like that. And... It was interesting. I liked I liked the 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 girl, the main girl in it, Zoe Kazan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I didn't really care for the movie all that much, though. It was kind of I don't, it ended up being a little boring or kind of predictable by the end. Or like her acting ability, or like her butt. She's cute, but yeah, she. I liked I her character. Know who she she, is. I don't either. I've never I'd never seen her before. Okay, there she is, Zoe Kazan. She was cute. I mean, she's not like hot. Oh, I've she's, seen her in some stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I liked her in the movie, and and the guy was okay. Um, oh, she was in Ruby Sparks. That was a good movie. But um, yeah, yeah. Dropping loads. I was a little. It sounded interesting. I was a little disappointed by it though. Uh-huh. Um, I watched. So my my since I couldn't go home, my my parents did swing by for a little while on uh, uh on the Sunday following. And uh, my brother hung out for a little while. My parents were going to this other family gathering near here. And um, so that my brother just hung out because he didn't want to go to that thing. So uh, we d- I turned on Lego Movie again. I've seen that damn thing like six times, but uh, he hadn't seen it. So we watched Lego Movie. Still good. I still like it a lot. Um, I watched Calvary. Like we already talked about that. Very good. Um, I watched... I took like a week off from movies at that point. That I was I was still like in the whole time I was sick. I think I posted on the group. I was watching a shitload of Cheers and Saved by the Bell and <laughs> Saved uh, by the Bell. Yeah, I loved nice. Saved by the Bell when I was like fourteen, and so it's got a it's got a nostalgic factor for me. Oh yeah. Um, I've got. Did I you watched, have the hots for Jesse? I didn't have not when I was a kid. Kelly was the or, or Kelly and Lisa I liked when I was a kid. Jesse was hotter at, later on. See, I never liked Jesse. I never watched Saved by the Bell. It was on, and I I would watch just a little bit of it every once in a blue moon. Um, but I didn't even like her in Showgirls. I, there's <laughs> something about her that is so um, – and it's probably – I don't know. Maybe it's just the character in Showgirls. 
she just so fucking um, dumb and st- just so stupid that it, it's a turn off. Yeah, I, it's hard I mean, to believe she wasn't, that somebody. I never found her super hot in Saved by the Bell, yeah. but yeah, I was I was I, I probably mostly a, a, a Lisa guy, but uh, <laughs> I liked I liked Kelly also. So. What about um, what's his face? The um, what the hell's that one guy that he was on WWF one time and he took down some wrestler in the ring Slater. Oh, Slater. Uh, Mario Lopez. Yeah. Mario Lopez. You know, the thing about that is, um, I remember when he was on WWE or WWF at uh-huh. the time or whatever. I don't even and I can't that. remember who he took down in the ring or outside the ring. He was, somebody came over and he was sitting in the front row and they said, Oh, there's Mario Lopez, blah, 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 blah. And somebody came over and started shit with him and he double legged him and took <laughs> him down. Well, someone actually said that he was, if, um, oh, I'm trying to think who it was. There was a guy that was a famous, um, he was state, California state wrestling champion yeah. uh, that was real famous and that I, I think maybe like an Olympian or something like that. And Mario Lopez was like the the number two guy. He actually is a legitimate amateur. And if you're state champion of the whole state of California, as big as it is, that Means That's something, you know, or if you're number two, you're probably pretty yeah. fucking good. So yeah, he, he must have been really good. He was a wrestler in the t- in the show too. Yeah, like he, he was yeah. on the wrestling team and the football team and the baseball team and the basketball. You know, I bet you got characters. a lot of. Do you think he got a lot of puss, or do you? Think oh he God, kinda, he probably still yeah. does. Yeah, <laughs> bastard. Maybe. Maybe get some Dan Aykroyd ass. <laughs> he he's got a little butt too. I don't know that much about him. I don't either. I I did see a Greg Luganis like made for TV thing he was in once. Back in well, college. Greg Luganis, this girl that uh, was a um, roommate, seemed like my sisters had like they'd have a roommate because uh, you know girls would be like best friends, we're best friends, and like, let's be let's be roommates. Well, that last about a year, and then they'd hate <laughs> each other's guts. And they had this roommate, and this girl swore up and down that when she went on vacation, she met Greg Luganis, and he was like, "Hey, who's that girl?" Number one, she wasn't really even good looking at all so even maybe she if looked like was, a, maybe she looked kind of like a dude <laughs> she did there you go but the thing that was funny was she was talking it up like he thought she was hot a hot chick and everything and the whole time he was gay and it's like okay number one you're not even that hot so i doubt if if he was straight the way he looked <laughs> he wouldn't be looking at you you know what i'm saying <laughs> And then um, when she moved out we found a jar full of uh, a mason jar full of piss ew. in her closet I wonder what she was saving that for. I don't know. Maybe she liked to drink it. Maybe she's like Bear Grylls. Um, she didn't want to. She's probably just so lazy. She didn't want to get out of bed. Oh God. Let's yeah. see. I watched uh, <laughs> besides the TV shows. I, I watched a lot of Frasier and Cheers and Pee Wee's Playhouse. I watched a lot of that too. How do you how do you feel feel about um, um, Kelsey Grammer? Did you see Expendables three? No. I I was I I still am annoyed that. Like, why Kelsey Grant? Why? He, it should he, have been Joe Don Baker, I'm telling you. It should have been fucking uh, uh, Apollo. Well, but but the character he plays, uh-huh. he, he wears like a kind of like a Hawaiian shirt and kind of like that. It's almost the exact character that Joe Don Baker played in those Pierce Brosnan, James Bond, oh. uh, Bond movies. And Joe Don Baker 
But I mean, he's pretty old though now. So Did they just need just... somebody well spoken for that role? Is that why? No, it could have been anybody. Why the fuck? Why you? Them? Honest to God, no shit. You could have played that part. Jesus for all Christ. he did, didn't do anything. That's a travesty. Travesty of justice. Um, I watched Justus. Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Donald Pleasance and um, what's her face? Yeah, Raquel Welch. Uh, and her most beautiful woman, maybe ever, and her and her uh, her, her swimsuit or what thing that she wears. Her, she's the laser expert, right? And yeah, <laughs> you never know. She's very um, intelligent. Kind of the inspiration. It's it's a, it's a shr- shrinking down. It's a pseudoscience uh, movie. It's this. It's a Cold War pseudoscience movie, and they um, the there's a scientist who is. Basically, he's the only expert on Earth at something the U.S. needs, and but they have this technology that uh, he gets. Uh, it's like a car accident; he hits his head and he almost dies. He's got like a brain clot or something, and but he's unconscious, and they uh, have this uh, uh, this ability to, with this ray to uh, shrink a submarine full of people, basically to get in there and because they don't have the they can't do the surgery otherwise so they have to go in and shrink themselves so you know like the movie Inner Space which I had seen I'd never seen this before it's on Netflix Instant it's pretty good I liked it I wonder how they shrunk Raquel Welch's tits down enough to get her in that <laughs> they, you had you well she there were three other guys so one one pulled in from one side one pulled in from the other and the other the third pulled up the zipper yeah oh, um God. Watched Runaway Train with Voight and Roberts, and we will be talking about that soon. I liked it. Um, I watched The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. This is a uh, from the people that two people that directed Am- Amer Amer A M E R from a few years ago, which I never saw. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, they are, look like they're doing giallo revivalist kind of movies. This is a very experimental movie. It doesn't have much in the way of a it it ultimately does have a plot, but it's it's not for everybody. It's a very beautiful movie to look at. Um, there are, there are t- probably fifteen twenty minutes at a time. Sometimes it'll go by. You're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really a good. It's a good looking movie. It's brand new. It's twenty fourteen. Um, this is on instant. So if you're a, if you're a fan of Giallo and that, I don't I don't know that you would like it. There's a lot of the whole like. Uh, dagger piercing skin kind of stuff in it and um kind of fetishizing that whole thing it's 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 a very voyeuristic fetishistic movie and but it's really good looking i definitely watch it again uh, I, like I think stabbing women but just not with a knife yeah well there's By that yeah. i mean with my dick you know what I'm this saying? is stabbing all <laughs> giggity goo uh, <laughs> and that's all i watch besides the two for the show in two and a half weeks that's all i watch so jesus yep Lots, of, I, 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 but I did finish all of season one of Frasier. I wanted to finish all of season four of Cheers. We should do a bonus episode where you where you review like each episode. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's crazy going back because I've gotten so used to watching movies and all of these new TV shows that they're fucking like you know you have to watch the entire season to even get the story or whatever. And these are like these self contained twenty three minute things he's like they you know they go from point a to point b and and it just feels like you know you can go through them just like that it's pretty crazy what was that one um that girl the one that was um the maid what was her name on the show was it daphne daphne man she was so hot when that show first came on and you know they had that 
tension between yeah. her and uh, fucking uh, Abe Sapien. Uh, <laughs> Niles. But when she she got like, it was just I kind of started tuning out when she got pregnant. Oh. Yeah, because she kind of started getting a little not Uh-oh. as good. Well, we know how you feel about that. I'm saying, little chubby. <laughs> All right, why don't we take a break and come back and talk about transfers. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. (laughs) But don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. It's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libsyn.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. another one in all right uh first movie of the day which i still didn't say what we were doing gotta get back in the swing of this uh today we are covering our christmas movies our holiday movies we're doing transfers from 1984 and it's a wonderful life from 1946 perfect perfect double feature they couldn't be more alike um transfers from 84 here we go Jack Death is a kind of... What? (laughs) That's a stupid synopsis. Jack Death is a kind of cop bounty hunter in the bleak Los Angeles of the future. Or should we say, Lost Angeles. He's become obsessed with chasing Whistler, an evil criminal who uses powerful hypnotic powers to convert people into zombie-like creatures known as trancers. I don't think that's the case either. Doesn't he call the... Isn't Whistler a trancer? And he makes just zombies out of these people. Whistler has managed to escape through time travel and is loose in the 1980s L.A., but death is on his trail. Also, not quite true, but okay. (laughs) This is starring a very young, fresh-faced Helen Hunt and a very not young... Wrinkled-faced Tim Thomerson and some other people. Art LaFleur is in there. Yeah. Zom, what would you think of Trancers? <laughs> yeah, Art LaFleur. 
I like when he played for uh, the Canadiens. Canadiens. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Trancers. Okay, well, one of the things that I remember most about Trancers when I was going to watch it for the show was my elation when I looked and saw that it was like an hour and 16 minutes long. <laughs> it's very short. Yes, it is. But... Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. I I remember seeing Tim Thomerson. Um, they used to they would have like a TV show from like the Improv or these comedy shows uh, on TV, and uh, you know back in the day before they became more famous for movies or whatever, uh, you'd see like Robert Klein or Tim Thomerson or some of these comedians doing stand up on these shows. And I remember Tim Thomerson to this day. I probably only saw it one time. But he was doing his act, uh, his stand-up, and one of his things was he started singing this song, uh, There she said on the hill, shaking her tits at Buffalo Bill. Gonna tie my pecker to a tree, to a tree. Gonna tie my pecker to a tree. So that was his co- kind of comedy. So anyway, maybe that's why he got into movies. But uh, <laughs> I always thought that Tim Thomerson was kind of funny and cool, and uh, he, has, he has a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of... Uh, just skirted the uh, the fringes of fame. He's been in like some good movies, like Uncommon Valor. He was in, and he played kind of a quirky Vietnam vet kind of guy in that. Um, <clears throat> but one thing that I I think that I have seen this before, and um, what it was was. This was kind of uh, a Blade Runner sort of ripoff. It's like Blade Terminator. Yeah. So back in the day when you would be watching, you know, we used to go to the mall and watch, um, because 84, I mean, that's my senior year of high school. And we would go to the theater and we'd watch just about anything. But, you know, I was a fan of Blade Runner. I was a fan of uh, Terminator and these movies, like they're Star Wars, whatever. And um, I remember seeing when this came out, and I probably did not see this in the theater. It was probably on VHS. It was probably an early VHS, straight to VHS kind of a movie. Um, and all I remembered, like especially like when when we agreed that we were going to do this movie, I just remember Tim Thomerson being in it, thinking it was a shitty, low-budget Blade Runner ripoff. And that I didn't really remember anything about it and that I wasn't that impressed with it or whatever. <laughs> now, when I started watching it with uh, going from like an 18 or 19 year old mind to a, uh, you know, 27 year old brain, that, you know, I have now right. uh, and body, you know, strong, young and fit. Um, my opinions have changed. Oh, Okay. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I—it's—it's it's one of these movies. This one falls for me into—I wouldn't even say so bad. It's good because I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> okay, number it, one, it knows what it is. Right. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't do too much tongue and shank. Chum and shank. <laughs> you racist fucker. It doesn't do too much tongue and cheek 
stuff and it doesn't do the wink wink at the camera or breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. or even probably the third wall um they go, <laughs> they play it pretty straight um there are humorous moments in it and everything which are there and i mean they knew they were humorous moments but it's not done in such a stupid goofy way that it insults you and you, you i i wanted to vomit and thought it was stupid um you have um tim thomerson it's kind of a a noirish kind of a thing where he is a um mike hammer or um i don't know like a dashwell hammock kind of a, a detective kind of a guy um in the future uh the kind of a guy and and there's one at the very beginning, he's got this big scar that almost not Jonah Hex, but uh, I'm trying to think who had a big scar that ran from like their forehead down to their eye and then under their cheek down the rest of their face. And and they show him Nick like that. Fury. And, huh? Nick Fury. Yeah, we'll say like Nick Fury. And um Except he still had his eye. There's like maybe one scene after that and I and I couldn't even hardly see the scar. I was like, wait a minute, did they forget about the fucking scar? <laughs> but it looks cool and he and he kind of plays like dirty hairy-ish, kind of a uh Rick Decker from uh uh Blade Runner kind of guy. And <coughs> they said <coughs> they said, fuck. Let me get a little drinky winky here. Drinky winky. Scotch. A little J and B. Yeah. My members only jacket. Zubaz pants. Dear boy. Butt plug. What? Yes. Big butt plug. You ever get one of those ones that has the um, thing, like, you know, a blood pressure cuff where you squeeze the ball and it blows things up? <laughs> they make those and you put it in your butt and then you squeeze it and it spreads your butt? I nope. don't know. No, I, I haven't had one. I'm afraid of something like that. that. That doesn't feel, that doesn't seem like it would feel very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what? Uh, and if it was up Dan Aykroyd's ass, <laughs> nah. George was fucking squeezing the ball. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> the Tim Thomerson. Yeah, Tim So they set everything up because he um, goes into this diner, and you know he's you know it's it's one of those uh, dystopian futures. Uh, where everything's rainy and shitty and dark out, a la Blade Runner. Um, and <laughs> it did make me want to watch Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And he goes in there, but uh, I, he's kind of you can kind of tell he's uh, world weary, and you know he's one of these cops that's seen it all and done it all, and you know nothing's really surprising him. And um, there's only uh, kind of a Whoopi Goldbergish. <laughs> looking uh, woman behind the counter and then this big fat like truck driver guy or whatever sitting at the counter reading a paper or whatever. And so it's almost, uh, well, Jesus Christ, when you think about Blade Runner with the replicants, they look human in Blade Runner and you really couldn't tell unless you did the void comp test and he would go in and he might be talking to somebody and then he's just has such a, he's done it for so long that he kind of has a sense for it and he could be attacked at any moment. Well, it's the same thing in this, uh, except these are actually humans. Right. So, but they have been, um, uh, there's this guy, the, is it Whistler? Is Whistler. Whistler. Okay. He is almost like a, um, like in uncanny Avengers now where they did the axis storyline, 
Red Skull gets the dead Professor X's brain or his powers or whatever. So he's the most powerful, uh, uh, not what do you call it, uh, tele telepath or whatever on Earth. And so he's Red Skull's controlling everybody's minds on Earth, and he gets all these heroes to be bad guys and all this shit. Well, this is the way this is. This guy can can control these people. He kind of sort of hypnotizes them, but he does it with. Um, well, I was just watching a thing about hip. Uh, you know, they used to have those shows where you'd go to Las Vegas or or you'd see them on like Howard Stern or something like that, where they'd bring a hip, hypnotist in. Yeah, he'd hypnotize people up on stage and have them do stupid stuff. Well, that's the way this guy is. And Except always, when he hypnotizes them, they turn into zombies. Yeah, they turn and they're in, dead afterwards. Right. It was kind of it kind of lost you there a little bit because. Um, if he was doing that and they just had him have control, so anybody that he had under his control, he could just like have them start attacking, but they were still just humans. But they do, as soon as they they decide that they're going to attack, they might be looking like re- just normal people. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, when they decide they're going to attack, they, they do look like kind of like zombies. Their, their skin gets real ashy looking, and they get the fucked up like uh, contact lenses that make their eyes look funny, and they attack. <laughs> they get crusty and, lips. Yeah, but I, I assume that they have a certain amount of strength, even though, like, Thomerson, you know, he was kind of going toe-to-toe, so it wasn't like they have, they're, like, Hulk strong, but probably because he's controlling their brain, you know, they, they're not feeling the pain or anything. You're right. You know? And there was one part where uh, he's fighting with the Whoopi Goldberg kind of woman, and uh, <laughs> he's he's a... Uh, a, a um, like I said, like one of those uh, old school detectives. So he's always wearing a trench coat and she throws this big uh, vat of like boiling shit. And he kind of turns and blocks it with his trench coat, which still I would think, man, you know, I guess if it was a raincoat, you know, maybe it wouldn't yeah. soak in. Um, so good for him. Good thinking. She throws a knife into his thigh. She... Yeah. And, and and his gun goes in the pot of like goulash or whatever she throws. <laughs> and, when, and when she turns around, she's got broad shoulders. and uh... <laughs> Yeah. It strangely looked different from because she transformed. Um, now, what did they call, what did he call it when he would shoot him? He didn't say like you greased him or. Oh, I don't remember. Him. There was a specific thing like that he said when, when you shot somebody like, uh, like in Vietnam or something like that, they would say, ah, you know, grease that gook or whatever, you know. He, it, it was uh, like zapping them or something, but it wasn't zapping. It was something else. So anyway. And he called them squ- like people with – and the only people that the, the, the whistler could take over their mind were uh, – Weak-minded. Weak-minded or squids is what he called them. Yeah. And I always, I always call – I call Mary sometimes. Like I'll call some of my dogs squids sometimes. But the only reason I did that is because it comes from this Navy SEAL book, this Richard Marcinko uh, Navy SEAL book. And they would – I don't know. Maybe it was uh, – I know it had something to do with that because I think that I remember in like military movies where they would call like army guys would call Navy SEALs or something like that. They'd call them squids. And I remember Gary Busey calling – a guy in Big Wednesday, Squid Lips. <laughs> squid Lips, yeah. He grabbed that one guy. He said that they, they needed to borrow the guy's car or something. And the guy said, man, I can't take my car. And he grabbed him and just started shaking him. He goes, we need your car, Squid Lips, with his big horse <laughs> teeth. And now he's doing this fucking commercials, and he just looks like he's... Oh, uh, he looks terrible. Um, 
So anyway, you go and you find out that uh, there's this kind of a, you know, Whistler guy. He's kind of like the mad scientist kind of a guy or whatever. And he's going back in time and he's going to take over, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. It, and they have a history. But yeah. uh, Jack Death, it's you find you find out that the Whistler is responsible for his wife's death. That's why he's a bit obsessed with catching him. And everybody thought the Whistler was dead. But, but now he's learned otherwise. It is it's almost like a 12 monkeys kind of a thing where your body is still in the future but they do something where they send you back and you're you're basically like your mind kind of like x-men days of future past yeah sort of like that (laughs) and uh was 12 monkeys before that i don't know um I think so, Days of Future Past was in the seventies, wasn't it, or early eighties? But Twelve Monkeys, when they went back, they were it was actually just him. He wasn't in somebody else's body. Oh yeah, he went. Well, he went. Yeah, he went back in in form. This was a in this one. Your your essence and your 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 your, your brain basically went back in time to an a a, a dist, an earlier relative, right? Somebody related and to you. So he goes back. But what's funny is they have <clears throat> was it was that the Whistler was laying there his body. And Thomerson, they said, no, you can't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Back, and he just pulls out his fucking, uh, I'll use an old school term from like, uh, this would be like a uh, Martian uh, Chronicles or something, like Martian drive-in podcast terminology. He takes out his ray gun <laughs> and just fucking blows, just like basically <laughs> Disintegrates him. Yeah, his body. Because he just don't give it. He's pissed. And, so it's, he goes and, and it's Aunt Jackie from uh, Family Matters is, uh, gets after him for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when he goes back, strangely, his his distant relative looks just like him, except not as dirty and kind of without the scar on his face. He's not. Well, he as has, and he has gray hair instead of black. Yeah, and um, but he he's actually in the process of was that Canadian process? I think so. Uh, he was in the process of fucking Helen Cunt. Who was pretty young in this? Now, how old do you think? Okay, now let's see. Now she is. Let me. Let me. Let's I'll do look some, her up here. You, you, yeah, do you some research on, on how old Helen Cunt is. Yeah. See, because the, um, for some reason, and I'm not trying to be like a sexist asshole. Uh, there's some some of my friends, and we always called her Helen Cunt. She so was 21. Okay, so she was really young. Now, how yeah. old was Tim Thomerson when this was made? God, he had to be like 50. 50, yeah. Uh, so he's getting that young ass, but she still is Helen Hunt. He was so born in 46, so he... No, he wasn't even 40. He looks old. Yeah, he was in, he was in his late 30s. Yeah. So um, he's in the process of uh, on a date <laughs> with her, and he's going to fuck her. And then he's put into his relative's body... So he's like, what the fuck's going on? And it's like, oh, yeah. But you know what? It's like one of those deals where it's like Helen Hunt, when she got older, um, she kind of, to me, became sexier because, first of all, she was in that Jack Nicholson movie, As Good As It Gets, and she showed up at his front door after running to his house in the rain, and her, and she didn't have a bra on, and her shirt was completely soaked through, and she's got a really nice rack, which you'd never think of you know, with Helen Hunt because she's kind of like a... I don't. I don't even know if I'd say girl next door. She's not like bad looking or anything. She's good looking, but not in any kind of a threatening or overly sexy way. 
And then uh, I think she there's some show she's on now where she plays like a sexual surrogate. Oh no, she, the sessions. It was a movie. She shows everything. Yeah, she, you see you see vag lips and everything. Lips. Yeah. Uh, um they, she, I just looked her up. She was in a short called Transfer City of Los An- Lost Angels in 2013. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm all down for that. And Tim Thomerson's in it too. There you go. Wait, this has to be something else. It's a short that Charles Band directed. I'm I'm wondering if they like use just use clips from Maybe yeah, maybe they just use like for flashbacks. Cuz uh, all of these people have to be ancient. Tim Thomerson is still alive. Art LaFleur is still... Maybe it was new. And the, the summary is not what happens in this movie. It says, A trained female assassin escapes a maximum security holding cell and travels to 1988 to, ch- to kill Jack Death. Well, you have to figure that, that number one, Tim Thomerson's not going to be doing anything else, so he's probably all down for it. And this hel- this had like six fucking sequels, so it has a cult following. You Holy know, shit, so, i got to find this. <laughs> yeah, we got to watch that. Um so anyway, he's he's you know get fucking her and blah, blah, blah. and um, um she doesn't know what's going on and what's funny is he of course his personality's one way when he's the relative and then when he turn when he comes back and he's Jack Death he's he's kind of like hard boiled and shit so he kind of tries to explain to her what the fuck's going on and at first you know of course she's like what the fuck uh, and she kind of tries to get away from him and. And uh, I, I love that when he uh, starts to put his clothes on and he goes and gets a, a fucking uh, uh, like a raincoat trench coat kind of a thing and puts it on with no no like uh, suit coat or sports jacket on underneath. He just has his long sleeve shirt with a tie, <laughs> puts that on. She goes, you're going to wear that. And he he puts, the, you know, uh, he doesn't button it up. He just like, you know, puts it together and then ties it with the belt and he goes i like it and then he fucking puts shit all over his hair and she's like what are you doing and what do you say only squids dry hair (laughs) dry Dry hairs for squids squids. which i thought that was funny there's lines like that that and thomerson kind of pulls it off oh okay i found it okay uh transfer city of lost angels it was released on dvd in 2013 but it was it's 30 minutes of stock footage Lifted from the anthology movie Pulse Pounders oh. from 1988, so it was going to be a transfers segment in an anthology movie that never got released, and but it was it was not released on DVD until 2013. What's it called? Transfers City of Lost Angels. It was just thir- it's a 30 minute short of this, we'll and and Helen Hunt's in it too. I wonder how many transfer movies she's appeared appeared in. That'd be funny if like. Uh I don't know. They ought to do a, 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 a not, this is not Trancer's porn parody. I'm <laughs> sure they probably have. Well, she's you know, not in any other ones. She an was actual only... uh, porn movie that has like a good budget would be better quality probably than this. So <laughs> it would even really be funny. Um, so he goes back and then she, I like the, was it the Santa Claus? She's like an elf at the store. Yeah, she heard her holiday job. Yeah, they have a little kid Santa Claus there, and she's the she's the, the cute elf chick. With she a, takes the pictures of the kids. She has a nice little body on her. Yeah. And, uh, but, of course, you know, if, uh, Jack, he can sense these uh, fucking uh, trancers, and Santa's kind of a dick. And uh, so when she sees that, then she knows. She realizes. She goes, "Okay, this is this is the he's not being stupid or crazy." So then they go on their uh, 
kind of uh, adventure uh, where they're trying to find the Whistler and, and all this shit and the Trancers. And, um, um, I like the fact that uh, uh, there's... Okay, he, I think, gets into his past relative's body uh, right when he's on a date with her. And then he's getting ready to fuck her. <laughs> and something happens where he goes back... He wakes up back in 2020, uh, you know, 2200, whatever year yeah, they're, they're from. Yeah, they're busting his nuts about shit that he did. And then they're like, okay, well, you got to go back. He says, well, send me back. So they send him back again. And he comes back and they had just got done fucking. So he didn't even get to <laughs> enjoy it. And, and I like when he's sitting there and she's like rubbing his chest and everything. She's like, oh, my God, that was so good and all this and that. And he was like, uh, you know. And then when she, she she rolls over to go to sleep and he does the, you know, uh thing where he lifts the the covers up and looks at his dick to see you know what happened He's i think you could tell that his dick was dirty but what's funny is like poop all over like a big knob <laughs> of turd on the end of his knob which would be funny but anyway i should write this stuff you know um <laughs> but um they had one okay he had his ray gun thing at the beginning but he couldn't really use that so he had to use like a, a just a regular pistol yeah, like a little thirty-eight snub nose, which you know detectives are you know known for carrying them. Um, but they give him, which was kind of stupid because they couldn't have him take his ray gun thing back in time. But they could give him that uh, long second. It's called the long second. Now I thought this was one of the coolest things in the fucking movie. Yeah, they give him this thing called the long second, and the long second basically is if you're in the pinch. And say somebody's got the got the drop on you. I'm talking I'm talking uh, fucking detective talk. Then you can hit this button on this watch, and one second will for you last ten full seconds. Whereas the people that are, have the gun on you or whatever, it's still one second. So it's almost like they're completely frozen. Basically, yeah, and. Uh, if uh, the, the way I imagined it was probably that you speed up, right? Because I couldn't yeah. imagine a watch being so powerful it stops time on Earth except for you. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Quicksilver in the in the X Men. Yeah, or um, it's like pull, puts him into like bullet time, Matrix bullet time yeah. for a second. Yeah. yeah. So he can he can step out of the way of a bullet or do something, go over and finger Helen Hunt. Uh, but you only it's only a one shot deal, so you got one time to do it. Um, so that kind of sets up one thing uh, for later on with that. Um, I did like um, they, the, I, when I was watching it, they, they had uh, uh, just any time that there's any kind of baseball stuff in a movie, I'm like, oh, Loaf will like this. It's got baseball in it. <laughs> so they kind of had a baseball th- guy in it. Yeah. Uh, um, this They could have made this and with a big budget. And kind of had like, I mean, it would have been kind of cool if they had had like Robert Redford as Roy Hobbs be the baseball guy or something. Bruce Willis goes back in time, you know. So there's a story there. It could it could have yeah. worked. But, it, it, but I'll be honest with you, it worked for me the way it, it was. I don't, um, I don't know that it would have been as fun if it was high yeah, budget. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have been as fun. It would have been more, you know, Blade Runner, 12 Monkeys. Or it, does, it does end up being like a Terminator-type story yeah. because the Whistler has figured out a way to do the same kind of time travel. And he's going back to kill... 
uh, a distant relative of I don't know I don't remember if they said how they know what year he went to, uh, but basically he's trying to find the the distant relative of some leader in the current day that's making it hard to be a transfer. John Connor. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Sarah, Sarah Connor. Was it Sarah Connor? You got to go back and fight Sarah Connor. <laughs> um, now, what'd you think of the punks? <laughs> the punk. Okay. Well, every single punk had to be like completely over the top, which was pretty funny. Like yeah. there wasn't any one with like just a shaved head. Like they all had a mohawk or giant spikes. giant fucking spiky mohawk. Or except for Helen Hunt, who just had a blue swash in her hair. I guess she was I supposed like Tim to be Tim Thomerson's uh, dance style. <laughs> yeah. subdued, their dance, still... the dancing was pretty funny. Yeah, it was funny. He just kind of bobs his head a little bit, and that's about it. But uh, um, you know, I I, I honestly. Um, well, what's it? I mean, is there anything? It's like I said, it's kind of a short movie, and it's yeah. kind of a simple movie. So, but uh, what else do you have? Anything that you want? I to- I completely forgot. I had seen this before. I completely forgot about the the diner scene at the beginning. So I was <laughs> I was surprised by the old lady attacking him, because um, I I didn't remember exactly how it started. I remember you know the whole setup of going back in time, but I was I didn't see that. I didn't remember seeing that first scene. Um, his uh his ray gun had a had a part of the sound effect they did for it was stolen from the Star Wars blasters. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Um but uh yeah, the 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 whole Lost Angeles thing, it looked really it, it looked really bad, but it made me smile. The like yeah. basically it looked like um kind of like they, that Planet of the Apes movie where Yeah, they, they you know. like you saw downtown Los Angeles, but it's all buried underwater and his hobby I guess is to go in there and he's trying to like find stuff for his his, his dead wife basically or something. He goes diving in the water all the time. He's like was he finding hubcaps for his cuz he had like a 1950s car. Everybody else had a futuristic car that looked like DeLoreans, but he had like a it almost looked like a uh 1950s Oldsmobile and they had like these big bars on it, but when he came out of the surf, he had that like he a, had the hubcap, but the, yeah, it, it seemed he like had he had a couple hub. Maybe he was looking for hubcaps for that car. <laughs> Something he yeah. was going diving, and it was like you know, enter at your own risk kind of thing, and maybe an earthquake had buried Los Angeles or something. Yeah. Who knows? the The costumes must have been designed by the same guy that did the Bill and Ted futuristic <laughs> stuff, because the fucking like the shoulder pads in this are just out of control. Yeah. Um. Shoulder I couldn't tell when Thomerson, he takes off his coat at one point. I thought his trench coat had big shoulder pads, but it was his fucking jacket underneath. Yeah. Like linebacker size <laughs> shoulder pads. Um, I liked his, he did make a funny line when they were introducing him, The that watch that stops time. He said, I could have used that on my last date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a pervy thing. Um, it's like a fucking roofie. But, I mean, if you only had 10 seconds. Yeah. Well, that's you know, fifteen maybe. Um, <laughs> what the 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 movie it drags a little bit in the middle, but um, <laughs> that's bad when it's only an hour yeah. and sixteen minutes. It drags a little bit. But uh, you know, and, and that mostly it's the the stuff that drags is when Whistler's trying to find the the old baseball player guy, and um, nobody knows where each other is. Um, Thomerson and Hunt have good chemistry in the movie. I thought they were good together. Um, you know, it's weird. She has, like... I like Helen Hunt. She has a certain style of acting, though. I don't feel like she's ever played much of a different character in anything I've ever seen her in. Yeah, she's just telling cunt. Yeah. Um, and I, and it's... 
you know, she's obviously supposed to be very young, but something about her, you know, you, you were touching on this slightly, but something about her has always felt a lot older to me than... Yeah, she's uh, young in this, and she still kind of looks like a, a mom. Yeah, she has that mom kind of look. I'm not sure what it is exactly. She'd be kind of wear them ugly mom jeans and come up <laughs> to their fucking tits. And, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's a fun movie. It That's probably why she shows her, her fucking pussy lips now. Is because she's trying to break out of that, you know. Some of these chicks, when they like uh, Melanie Griffith or uh, Meg Ryan, and them, once they reach a certain age and they're starting to become irrelevant, they they'll make a movie where they like show their butthole, or you know, (laughs) it's like, well, hell, why didn't you do that when you were fucking super hot? Maybe Helen Hunt will show her butthole next. Yeah. Um, But you know, it's a fun movie. It's not. It's not trying to be anything that it isn't. Now, this is a. this is a Charles Band movie, and he is like, he he's the master producer of these sort of kind of direct-to-video kind of horror-comedy hybrid kind of movies. Um, he did one we did, where he produced a movie we did on the show, the, um, uh, what was the name of that one? The video one with the... <sighs> With the monster that was at the people's house, I think he did that movie. Huh? Do you? I'm not. It, I'm. I don't even know what you're talking about. Video, not video dead, but the other one, uh, Terror Vision. You remember when we did that? Terror Vision. And it was like the the satellite dish brings the monster into yes, the people's house. Yes, yes, yeah. That's a Charles Band movie. Now I remember why I don't remember. <laughs> now he's directed quite a bit, but he. He produced a shitload. I mean, he's got he's over two hundred fifty. Do you have the list up? What we rated shit? Yeah, I've got it somewhere. I, yeah, I, I, you didn't like that, that one very let me much. No, because I'm curious as what I rated that fucking. Because uh, <laughs> I don't want. I I almost want to say God, yeah, what a turd or something. And I hated that. But then if if you go back, you might look at it and say, well, hell, you gave it a fucking eight and a half. Your 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 ratings always kind of just float though. So yeah, just kind of what mood you're in. Whether yeah. you even like it or not, you'll like a movie and still give it a three. So. Um, but, um, it, you know, it's, it's a, this movie, it's got time travel, it's yeah. got zombies, it's got horrible fashion, it's got a fucking moped that flies through a window. <laughs> oh, you know what? That was for, for this movie. You know, you know, they didn't have any budget and they paid somebody to do that. <laughs> that was, that was the budget right there. Um, but you know, it's a fun little movie. It's, it's, it doesn't, it's, it never tries to not be a low budget movie, but it doesn't wallow in it either. So. Yeah. What would you rate it? Oh gosh, I enjoyed it. Um, I I it, I literally kind of want to go and watch the other ones. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. I would probably give this a six point. Oh. Six point five. There you go. But a good six point five. Good six point five. A, 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 nice a solid six point five. I give yeah. it a solid seven. I'm right there. Yeah. Very close. Uh, it's a uh, it's a fun little movie. It's silly, but it's good. Tim Thomerson, I like him. A Christmas classic. <laughs> you know what? Seriously, even after watching it, I know that it took place during Christmas during, but there's nothing Christmassy about it except Helen Hunt. Yeah, except Helen Santa Hunt's Christmas. elf costume and the Santa Claus attack yeah. with the antlers. That's about it. Oh well, she does say it's Christmas Eve. It had about as much to do with Christmas. As your Christmas when you were homesick, yeah, and didn't do anything. <laughs> well, she gave him a present. She gave him a. I had that same robot when I was a kid that he she gave him. I'm telling you, next year, 
at fucking Christmas. I'm getting what's the Apple glasses with the camera? Oh, the Google Glass, yeah. Google Glass. I'm gonna get those, and I'm going to um, <laughs> fucking wear them so so I can share with the group. My dad having a blow up. Uh, make sure make sure his blood sugar gets off, so it'll be extra entertaining. Uh, but there there's no make sure it, it's always. It will always happen. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about another Christmas classic. <laughs> this this one, one has a little bit to do with Christmas. Th- maybe. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. We'll be right back. Okay. It's the Daily Grindhouse Podcast. I got your boy hanging. You no-business, bond, insecure, junkyard mother... Starring Dr. Freaks. Am I the only one who is concerned about the naked woman tied to a bed? Johnny A-bomb. I put out the trash. Joe Cosby. <laughs> softcore picture? You just said softcore picture. And Warhawk Tanzania as Warhawk Tanzania. You do not come to my turf talking about busting ass. When it comes to cinema, <laughs> we talk the cream of the crop while scraping the bottom of the barrel. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook, and of course, on dailygrindhouse.com. The Daily Grindhouse Podcast. Because you deserve it. That was the Brin's choice of music this week. Um, <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life, 1946. Wait, that isn't a long synopsis. So. Why not? Zom, would you care to synopsize? An angel, an angel, <laughs> helps a compassionate but desperately frustrated businessman by showing what life would be like if he never existed. <laughs> so that really skips over a lot of this fucking movie, but it gets the gist of it. The jizz of it. Um, now, this is a movie that both Zom and I made it quite far in life without having seen. Um, there's this app called... Oh, what the fuck's the name of this thing? Time Hop. You'll see people use it sometimes. It has this stupid looking like hippopotamus dinosaur thing. And it basically just shows what you posted on that day, a year, and two years, three years prior. And uh, it, I learned through Time Hop this week that I watched this movie almost exactly one year ago today. And that was the first time I had ever seen it. Um, now, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why I avoided it for so long. Um Alan on the group today kind of maybe touched on maybe uh, why I've always liked Jimmy Stewart as long as I've really known about him as an actor. But this is one of those movies that it has a reputation for being a little, you know, it's a little cheesy. It's, it's 
but it's it's a it's a well it's a Frank Capra movie. Sure. So have we? We've done some Frank Capra, I think, haven't we? Uh, we didn't he do that song? Watch out where the huskies go, and don't you eat that yellow snow? We <laughs> we did arsenic and old lace. Well, oh, that was Frank Zappa. <laughs> yes, we did. We did arsenic and old yeah, lace a long time ago. I remember that. That was a good one. Um, but you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Um, you know, he's he's known for uh, kind of feel good movies. Maybe maybe a little schmaltzy, but you know he's he's one of the great American filmmakers as far as the you know he was he was around when the the talkies started so I don't know, he might have made some silent films I don't even know yeah he was yeah he went way back and he had a long long life yeah he had a wonderful life well I don't know maybe he didn't maybe he didn't him and old Hank Fonda butt fucking and making the model airplanes or was it or no Jimmy Stewart was was Henry Fonda's friend wasn't he or was did Capper hang out with him too. Oh, I was talking about Jimmy Stewart and oh, oh, oh. Henry and Hank Fonda butt fucking and making model airplanes, <laughs> butt fucking and uh, Henry Fonda looking like the guy from uh, Frank from Once Upon a Time in the West. Now, butt I... fucking this guy from this movie. <laughs> we got a lot of we have a lot of butt talk on the show this week. Not just butt talk. Um, butt fucking. I I don't know. No, I've not seen nearly all of. Jimmy Stewart's movies. Dan Aykroyd getting butt fucked <laughs> Henry Fonda. <laughs> I I'll, I'm I'm serious. I don't I'm not into like gay porn. I've watched a couple gay porn movies, you know, just for uh research paper. <laughs> right. Um, <but laughs> if if they had a movie, if they ever came up with a CGI way that looked like the real people. I mean, and it was Dan Aykroyd with his big ass from Gross Point Blank <laughs> getting butt-fucked by Frank from um, Once Upon a Time in the West and Jimmy Stewart as this character from this movie weeping in the like the corner. <laughs> I would fucking watch it. I'm just saying. You'd have to at least, like, at least fast-forward through it. Holy shit. You talk about Ned Beatty getting jabbed in Deliverance. Can you imagine that big old sow getting his big old butt? You know? <laughs> Squeal like a pig, Dan. <clears throat> oh, he um, was so awful. Now, anything, any time I have seen Jimmy Stewart in a movie, I, 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 it's, I, I, I've loved him. So, I don't know. Again, I don't know why I put off this offer so long. The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, uh, Winchester seventy three. Oh yeah. Uh, Rear Window, Vertigo. I love all those movies. I love him in them. Um, but you know, this was, this was the, at the end of 2012, when you're doing your cinematic shame list or, which I didn't do one this year. And I don't think I even feel fulfilled mine from 2014, but, um, this was the one that would, that had eluded me. So I watched it and I was really glad I did. Um, we, we had at the end, like 2014 toward the end there, there's, there's like a, almost like a, a, a blur. Mm-hmm. Where it's just there was so, so much shit going on, and just you know, yeah, and I lost a fucking week of my life yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a haze. Yeah. Um. So this movie takes place in the, I assume, fictional town of Bedford Falls. I don't know if they're in New York or Pennsylvania. Um, it's it's in the New York area. They always talk about Rochester or going to New York City, that sort of thing. But. Rochester. <laughs> yeah, Rochester. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and as the movie opens, you know, this is this is one of those the the schmaltzy things that we talk about. You hear all these prayers going up to help George Bailey. Um, now Jimmy Stewart's playing George Bailey. He is um, he's well known in his town, and um, as you hear these prayers going up, oh please God help George Bailey, blah blah blah. He needs better luck, and you get this kind of which which was a, a an interesting way to handle it. Um, you have this conversation happening out in outer space between these like galaxies, yeah, yeah. and it's it's basically it's angels. Having a conversation about who's okay, we got to help this guy George out. Tonight's the night that he's basically planning on committing suicide. Ten forty-five tonight, he's going to take away God's greatest greatest gift or something to that effect. Exactly, you know. But uh, you so know. they call in. Uh, what was it, Charlie? I forgot the 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 angel's name. Clarence. Clarence. Yeah. They call in Clarence. Uh, who's tiny? Who's only a tiny little star at the moment? But Clarence needs to earn his wings, and this is going to help him do it. And it's his job to um, help George see the error of his ways. Don't kill yourself. So what? The the synopsis is a little misleading because this movie is mostly all because we've seen this. We we come to realize the movie is mostly flashback of. Where of Clarence learning about George Bailey's life and why it's important for him to you know not not die that night. Um, we go all the way back to 1919 when uh, and you know they tell they tell the the voiceover the angel voiceover is telling and you don't like I, I want to make it clear you don't see angels in this movie. I mean you see Clarence but there's not people in robes and there's no pearly gates there's no wings or that sort of thing it's a lot it's handled a lot simpler and and less obvious than that <laughs> um but um they, they you know they flash back to when george was a kid and they um they're sledding down a a, a a hill onto a frozen lake which didn't look very bright but i guess in 1919 you got bored really easily um but his brother goes way too far and falls into the water. George's younger brother, um, Harry. George dives in, and George, uh, you know, to save him in, uh, in the frozen water. And you, you you learn, which you don't see him actually ill, but he gets sick from falling from being in the cold water and ultimately goes deaf in one ear. Um, this plays a part later on in the story. Because what the story becomes, after they establish George as this kind of, he's a caring brother, and there's another scene in that we see in the, uh, in the local drugstore where he kind of helps out, um, that he, he has a wanderlust already from a young age, from the age of 12. He's ready to go. He wants to travel the world, and he's already kind of, you know, he's got the itch to, tra- to go. And um, this plays a part later on because most of the flashbacks now become little separate but connected stories of reasons why he is ultimately unable to leave Bedford Falls, despite him wanting to. And one of them, you know, is when World War II breaks out, he stays at home because he's, you know, rejected uh, 4F, is that what they call it? Yeah. Because he's deaf in one ear. Um, but you know, he's, he's there and there's, 
Mary and Violet, the two little girls that both seem to be interested in in George. And I like when he says to her when he's when she comes in to get. Uh, she can't decide on which ice cream he wants, and he, <laughs> she, he asks her if he wants coconut on the ice cream, and she's like, "I don't like coconut," and he thinks it's so ridiculous. Like, say brainless, don't you know where coconuts come from? <laughs> it's like that makes it taste good, I guess, if it if it came comes from Tahiti, which is one of the places he wants to go. But I don't know if coconuts actually came from Tahiti in in the nineteen in nineteen nineteen, but you never know. seemed to make them pretty exotic if that were the case. Um, so we, we, uh, George's, uh, parents, well, his mom runs a kind of a boarding house and his dad owns a, which I wrote savings and loan, but they called it a building and loan. And it's a, it's not a bank. It's just, um, I, I don't know enough about how that whole thing works the the savings and loans kind of things because they're not exactly banks but i think they kind of lend money and have bank accounts on the other side and somehow they make money off of this but being a very small town mentality george's dad never makes money at this and actually quite he, he struggles quite a bit and um basically helping people get homes regardless of if they have any collateral for these loans or not. Um, and this movie takes place all the way through, you know, while I mentioned World War II, but we do see the, you know, Depression era touching this area. They kind of, they kind of gloss over it a bit. There's, a, you know, there's a, there is a pivotal scene with, with the day the stock market crashed or at least close by, but... Um, George's George's dad's business is is the way that a lot of people own their own homes in this small town, uh, except for you know there's the 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 rich uh, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, uh, Mr. <laughs> Potter, who he owns the bank and pretty much everything else, and his idea is well he's the he's the Republican of the movie and uh, feels like every everybody should just be thrifty what? and. And I don't know what I mean to say. Um, lay off, lay off that. The working class. We should have a thrifty working class. I think he says at one point. Yeah. And he doesn't thrifty. believe in helping anybody out, regardless of if you are friends with them or not. It's just it's bottom line dollars, dollars and cents only, and um, it's a constant conflict between Potter, who is you know owns almost everything in the town, and uh, the Baileys, who are loaning on the fact that they've known these people for years and years. Um, you know, we, we jump forward once we learn about George wanting to explore the world. We jump forward to him as a teenager, and he's getting ready to leave. Uh, he's going to travel. Well, no, I guess he's not a teenager at this point, because we, we learn actually he's, he's been hanging around a little bit longer um, helping out, and he's in his early 20s at this point. But he's got this plan. He's been saving up money forever, and he's going to finally travel the world before he starts college, and he's going to finally get out of Bedford Falls. And um, there's a I, I, I really, this might be my favorite part of the whole movie is when he first re-meets Mary, played by now Donna Reed. Um, it's Donna Reed's just beautiful in this movie. You like her a lot. I do like, I do like Donna Reed. You gush over her. What, she, what was the other one we did that she was in? We did just recently. Else. Huh. 
Uh, was she in, uh, she wasn't in Outside Man. Was she in the, uh, no, nah, what the fuck was she in? We just reviewed something she was in. Cause you was she in the one with, um, From Here to Eternity? Yeah. 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 Burt Lancaster was cornhole on her. Um, you know what? And I never watched the Donna Reed show. I didn't either. Yeah. I may have um, reruns when I was a kid. Or something. Yeah, I never watched it, so I didn't. I've only ever seen her in movies, really. I mean, I knew who she was from the TV show, but um, she is uh, Harry's age. Harry, uh, George's younger brother, is about uh, three, four years younger, and um, you know they've grown up together or whatever. But I really like that scene. Um, George is going to his brother's graduation party. And uh, there's the whole thing with the uh, the swimming pool that was funny, but um, I like how everybody's just like ah fuck it and just jumps in, yeah. and especially the the they one old guy he's like disgusted, and all of a sudden he's like eh, and he just does that like funny looking cartoon die. Was that uh, was the guy that I w- I didn't look this up, but I meant to the guy that opened up the swimming pool so they'd all fall in. Looked like Alfalfa from the Little Rascals as an adult. I wonder if that was him, Alf or whatever his name was. Some I don't know what Schweitzer. I don't remember what his up. name was in the movie. Eh, nah. That wasn't. That wasn't Sam, was it? She. I don't remember. I'll see if I can spot his name in here somewhere. Um. But I, I, I really like the scene where they are becoming, I guess, reacquainted. After having uh, been apart for a while, and um, just his, they they have really good chemistry together, and there's the whole lassoing the moon uh, uh, thing. But his being playful with her, he keeps step like after they're all soaking wet, he keeps stepping on the robe, uh, the the belt of the robe, and um, that the whole funny thing with the with the. Uh, the bush where she's hiding. But, you know, he learns that night that his dad has had a stroke and fast forward again, his dad has died. And now we have more reason why he has to stay in town. So now he's going to stay and kind of help get the tran make the transition of, you know, making, hopefully his uncle can take over the business. His uncle, his father, his, his father's brother works at the savings loan, but he's very forgetful. He does the old timey thing of tying the strings on your fingers to remember, um, but he's, you know, I think he's. It's one of those things. He has a job because it's family, not because he's any good at anything. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, George is going to stick around. He already knows how to do it. He's going to make sure the reins get handed off properly. But you know, one thing keeps happening. Blah 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 blah. And uh, Mary goes off to school. So what the what what the most of the movie ends up being is that flashback of reasons why, you know. Reasons why George was unable to leave Bedford Falls mixed with the kinds of things he did, one, to stand up to Potter, two, to kind of still become, be a, a, a central fixture in this small town. Um, the, 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 the iconic scene of him running down the street, um, you know, yelling Merry Christmas and all that stuff, I think I first saw that when I was a kid in the movie Gremlins when she's watching it on TV. That was Carl Alfalfa Schweitzer. There you go. So Alfalfa was a dick, and but he, he ended up playing along, <laughs> He was along a dick too. in real life, too, because somebody stabbed him to death. Ooh, really? Yep. Ooh. Oh, and by the way, the guy that played Screech on Saved by the Bell is now being charged with murder. Yeah, the, the guy I he stabbed that. died. He's a dumb shit. Ugh. 
Um, oh, and I got to mention Gloria Graham, Violet, the other kind of love interest in the movie. She's really hot in this movie. <laughs> I'd seen her in something else before, too. Um, but she's uh, she's always wearing some nice-looking gowns and stuff in this. So, But let me look at my notes here. I've just been wandering around. Um, the Let's see, Dad having a stroke... Um, you know, it's, it's, it is a, um, kind of, it can be a sappy movie. Um, this, what, what it ends up ultimately being is kind of a, almost a reverse Christmas carol, maybe. Mm. Um, you know, I like the line where I, I think Violet says, don't you ever get tired of just reading about things? And he said, yeah, like matter of factly, just yes, is the, is his answer. And, but despite it being being sappy, and if I guess if I have to fault it for anything, that would be one thing. And it it does it does seem a little long, but I like the turf that this movie covers for the time that it was released. Contextually speaking, this movie's very. Um, I got I don't I don't know that we get a lot of movies about suicide and depression and and this kind of like wanderlust and stuff. It's it's a nice mix. This movie, I really like that it, it feels like it feels very American. But I re- I like that this movie is ultimately um, a bittersweet movie because even with the resolution we get, n- not a lot has changed outside of certain ways of looking at things. Mm-hmm. There's not like there's not this huge climax of everything's going to be all right there's there's the there's the climb well and and maybe everything will be all right but we don't really know and i don't know it's it's it makes it a deeper kind of thing it's not just as surface as it might seem at first and it's a you know very touching ending i i you know i got teary again the second time i i really i i really got teary the first time i watched this and it got me again today um you know i was reading that uh, Capra regarded this as his personal favorite movie he ever did, and Jimmy Stewart also said it was his favorite movie he was ever in. Um, and that, uh, but it it both of them did it after they came back from World War II, so they must have had a different kind of um, just view on things in general. <clears throat> but um, I think I was reading a Roger Ebert's review of it um, that this movie didn't even like it kind of flopped when it first came out and it for whatever reason went into public domain in the seventies. And that's when like television stations would start showing. And that's when it became, that's when it really picked up steam, like, you know, almost 30 years after it was initially released. Um, so well, I thought that was pretty interesting about it, but so this was the first time you had seen it. So mm-hmm. what did you think of it here? Well, okay. I do want to add that I misspoke about Alfalfa. <laughs> oh, okay. No, he's in the movie. Um, he didn't get stabbed to death. Um, they, he had an argument uh, with a guy over this hunting dog. He trained this hunting dog for this guy, and the dog uh, took off chasing a bear or something, and they couldn't find it. And then, so the um, I guess the a guy found the dog. And he said he would give a $50 reward for the dog. And so he gave the guy 35 bucks. 
bought him $15 worth of drinks. And then something happened where the, he ended up coming to the guy's house and saying, I want my $50 back. And I don't know if he was drunk or what. And they got in a fucking fight and the guy hit him. He was like, I'll kick your door in. So the guy let him in. They got in a fight. The guy hit him with a clock. He pulled a switchblade out and the guy shot him in the groin with a 38 caliber revolver and he bled to death over a fucking $50. So don't do that. Okay. Now let's get to this fucking, I just want to clear up. I don't, you know, I know there's times where people, when you're, when you're listening to a podcast uh, or people are listening to our podcast and we make a mistake, which is not that often. I know we, we know our shit, or at least I read it off of uh, Wikipedia while I'm talking. There you go. Oh, I forgot um, to mention I loved when Jimmy Stewart did the googly leg move when they were doing the Charleston. Yeah, they were cutting the rug. They were Google <laughs> he did the Google leg. Um, I can't tell you um, I hated this fucking movie. No, no. I've never seen it before. It's legendary. Um, it re- they it's like the the movie the Christmas Story about the Daisy Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. There's some channels that will run this 24 hours a day on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever, or leading up to Christmas all the night. Never seen it. I'm like you. I like Jimmy Stewart. I like him in the Hitchcock movies and uh, Flight of the Phoenix. There's some uh, westerns, you know, Winchester 73 and um, like Cheyenne Autumn. There's the one with him and Henry Fonda where they're in the they then the western where they buy the whorehouse and uh, I can't what the fuck that one's called something uh, it's uh, oh, anyway neither here nor there but I like Jimmy Stewart so I was looking forward to this and I thought you know this is one of those ones that I, I've I've missed for years and I'm gonna finally sit down and watch It's a Wonderful Life now okay. oh no dude are you gonna break my heart here <laughs> this movie number one it was so long that I was wanting to vomit. I was like, okay. Now, first, my first initial impression was that uh, for, uh, it's it's definitely kind of a knockoff of A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. But I thought there would be more of that. You go now. How long is this son of a bitch? About two and a half hours long. Yeah, like two ten. Two ten. Okay. Well, you go like fucking two hours of it. Them just being back in the past before the goddamn Clarence ever even fucking shows up. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be more of something happens and then he takes him back the entire, for the majority of the movie, showing him, you know, shit, how life would be without him and blah, 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 blah. But, and it has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with, uh, like, my views on religion or anything. I have watched. Like uh, uh, whether it's uh, uh, Ben Hur, mm-hmm. where they are, uh, Ben Hur becomes a slave, and they're taking him through the desert, and the they're they they won't they won't give him any water. They'll give all the other slaves water. They won't give him any water. And when he's at his very last uh, bit of despair, um, a guy comes over, and it's obviously Jesus. And all you see is the guy's hands and the guy's feet and he brings him this gourd full of water and the roman soldiers like hey no water for him and he still gives him water pours it on his head and and you know through his and kind of rubs his his hair and everything shit like that still even though you know 
religiously, when I talk about like the imaginary friend or whatever, this net, there's still things like that that still get to me. Yeah. Uh, even in the greatest story ever told with Max von Sydow or, uh, you know, there's movies that have a spiritual side, not just Christian spiritual side, but a spiritual thing that still get to my heart and still, you know, make, you know, lift me up and make me feel good or make me want to cry or whatever, this and that. I cannot tell you how much this movie, <laughs> I, I thought it was so overly sappy. Yeah. Um, I thought Jimmy Stewart was horrible in it. What? He was he was so oh, so over the top and so it was so sentimental. And, uh, and the one thing I will say is that well, I was going to say that maybe it's just something that doesn't hold up, and that maybe back when it was made, but it was a box office flop even then. And it has just become this thing, this tradition or whatever. But um, I've watched uh, many different versions, including with George C. Scott or whoever of A Christmas Carol. And I like those movies, even the ones that go way back. I've watched, I've watched movies from this time period that are sentimental movies that I like. This one, it just does not work for me at all. He is, I, I just. It, I, I seriously could not believe how bad this was. Oh, come on. Now, I thought that <laughs> the way it was shot and everything, the uh-huh. cast and everything was okay. I just thought Jimmy Stewart, I just, uh, and I know that it's the part that he's playing and everything. Yeah. I just, uh, he, he got on my fucking nerves. He was just, and, and, and it was so sappy and so overly, um, I just can't even express to you how much <laughs> that it just, I, I was like, this is the movie that everybody gushes over and shit. I never once felt any kind of, um, even when, okay, first of all, the the one emotion that I got out of it was when he when everything went completely south for him uh-huh. and the savings alone or whatever you know they call it whatever and he went home and he was just fucking being nasty as shit right to his little yelling kids at his kids and everything kids and I was like Jesus Christ what a jerk what a fucking <laughs> piece of shit these little kids you know they don't but uh, but but that's that's about it when. When he went running through the streets, even at the end, when all the stuff, when Clarence comes, and show, um, I did like when Clarence came and they were in the bar and nobody knew who he was, but he knew who they were and he was talking to him. Yeah. And and the, the the guys like you know, hey motherfucker, I'll beat your goddamn ass and But it just did not work for me at all. I I was like, oh my god, this is so bad that I I and, and the entire and I'm sitting there like, god damn, will this fucking thing get it was so way too long. It just, God, I, I could not. I mean, I, I, it was horrible. Ah, so nothing worked for you at all. I fucking hated it. Oh. And I even like at the time, you know, Christmas and everything. And um, I, I could sit here and make a list of Christmas movies that are, that make me, warms my heart and make me feel good that I really like. And I thought, man, this is going to be the creme de la creme. Everybody loves this movie. My sister loves this movie. She could watch it over and over and over and over. And I watched it, and I'm like, really? This was so fucking 
<laughs> so awful. It was so sappy. It was so shitty that I could not believe it. Um, Man, I'm glad I went first. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, it's just so, it's overly sentimental. It's overly just awful. You don't think that was like a, a just a, a mark of the times, though? No, because like I'm saying, I've I've watched movies from this time period that are touching, that are that I that I enjoy. I just I, I thought it was horrible, and maybe it's because okay, maybe it's because well, as far as Jimmy Stewart's performance goes, um, you. I talked about this the other day when I said like Dustin Hoffman in Marathon Man was supposed to be a college student, mm-hmm. and he was actually 40 years old, or Russell Crowe in. Uh, uh, some I can't remember what movie I was thinking of, uh, uh, Beautiful Mind or something, when he was supposed to be a college student. He was probably 40. But, I mean, it went through time, and they didn't want to go find a young actor to play yeah, yeah, yeah. the younger winner. Um, he does go back, and sometimes when they're – oh, it was Chris Christopherson in um, the fucking movie that was the Western that was supposed to be the worst movie ever, Michael Cimino did. <laughs> um, but at the beginning, Chris Christopherson's supposed to be in – running to his college graduation and at Harvard and he's supposed to be, you know, graduating from college. So he's early twenties, but he was like 40 fucking five years old. And all they did was shave his beard and dye his hair. Okay. Now in this one, I can understand that Jimmy Stewart, when they go back in time, he's supposed to be in college. He's uh, like on the football team or something. And he can't even, you know, but he's no, he not never played football. The, 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 he just stole the uniform because his clothes were with. Yeah. So maybe, when he was doing that, they, they tried, like when Christopherson's running at the beginning of that movie, he's like running childlike, you know, with glee. Or Dustin Hoffman's running to a class, and he's they have this thing where they're kind of stumbling and running like a young kid would do. And so I can understand he's kind of doing that, but it gets really annoying because, and he has that damaged ear, so he talks really fucking like, wow, what'd you say? You know, and that shit, it got on my nerves so fucking bad. Um, I it just I thought not, he was funny in this. I I like no, his goofiness. Not yeah. at all. Not fucking one even little bit. The part that I did like, I liked the part at the beginning where where they did show uh, whether it was um, Saint Peter or God or whoever or Jesus were, and it was like the little uh, celestial constellations. Yeah. I thought that was cute. I like how they blinked when they were talking, and he was just this little like one of them might be the Big Dipper or something or whatever, or it was another galaxy or something like that. Uh, and then Clarence comes, and he has to earn his wings. I liked his character. I thought that was cute and kind of funny, right? But my God, I cannot tell you oh. how disappointed. This is probably the most disappointed I've ever been. In a fucking movie that was, you know, usually if, say, somebody says like Lawrence of Arabia or something like that, and it has this huge thing where people love this fucking movie and it's such a classic, or it's on your hall of, wall of hall of shame, you never seen it, and you hear, but you hear so many of your peers that are that you respect or that that you know they're cinephiles or whatever, and and they love it, and then you watch it, you're like, man, I was so fucking good, Jesus Christ, like. This one has so much of a buildup, and so many people have talked about it. And Frank Capra, you know, you think, fucking Frank Capra and Jimmy Stewart, how can it be? And I cannot <laughs> tell you, I'll never watch this again, ever. Uh. 
I thought it was so horrible. I've, I'm, I'm looking at this one review, and they said Jimmy, like, compare like Jimmy Stewart to Jar Jar Binks, you know? And it's, like, <laughs> I, it's just fucking. I, it, it, it just when I read that this was a box office flop when it first came out. I can totally see it. The people back then watched this and said, "Man, this is sucks. It's fucking horrible." Now listen to my listen how loud I'm talking right now. That's how passionate I am about how much I thought this movie fucking was horrible. Um, it just it's this the story in itself could be a good story. Yeah. Because they did it in a Christmas carol and they had fucking Scrooge and being the fucking piece of shit asshole and you know uh Bailey being the nice guy. Oh, this is George Bailey here, right? Who was the guy in Scrooge that had the little boy and Oh, well, I don't remember Scrooge his name. Was the asshole. But anyway, but it works. I've seen so many versions of that with different actors and it works. This one uh, first of all, it needed to be edited down, and I know they wanted to sh- they go back, but Jesus Christ, you didn't have to start and go through. I mean, uh, on actually, uh, <laughs> it felt to me like years were going by as I was watching this motherfucker. <laughs> it's like fuck, come on! It, I need to stop suggesting Christmas movies for you. This was just, uh, but what other? We, well. The, the, Grim, the Gremlins like one was the other one. <laughs> I don't think I, I didn't really like Bill Murray Scrooge either. So now I'm sitting there saying that I like Christmas, but I really didn't like that one that much. Um, Gremlins I really didn't like, but this one just, I mean, I'm serious. I'm not joking. I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm not taking the opposite side. When I was watching this, there were several times, several times where I shut it off and went and took a break or went for a walk or got something to drink. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is awful. I fucking, it, it looked good. Okay. Here's the pot, the pluses. It looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna Reed was good. I thought the Clarence uh, thing, like I said, I thought that was cute. I thought it was, it was a nice thing that, you know, the angel that had, he hadn't won his wings. He was kind of like a bumbling, uh, second class angel. I kind of like that. That was kind of cute and everything. Um, You're running out already. Uh, it just. Uh, I. I. One thing I liked. Uh, I'm trying to think of things that I liked in it. I liked that they um, uh, for their kind of honeymoon deal where they everybody in town got together. Oh, the, and fixed yeah, up the, that their shitty house. house. Yep. And how that kind of worked out. That was kind of a nice thing or whatever. But the, the everything put together, it was just too long. Uh, it, it, just too... Too sappy. Too much hogwash, sappy. And I thought Jimmy Stewart was really just over the... He played at that, but just over the top. Even when he when things fell apart... And he's like standing on the bridge. He's like, <laughs> I mean, it was it was like uh, when you watch a silent film, and because they, they would really go over the top with uh, showing emotion yeah. and biting their fingers when they're scared with the giant wide-eyed stuff. It was almost like that, except this is a talking. It's like, God damn, dude, you're better than this. Uh, I didn't like it at all. And I and and this is honest to God. I liked listening to your review of it. Mm-hmm. 
I enjoy. It's like almost Yodorovsky's Dune. Uh, I liked listening to you talk about it and your appreciation for it and how much you liked it more than I liked the fucking movie. And it's also one of those ones. And I I will never do this, but it's one of the it's one of these ones where you liked it so much. Yeah. That when I was listening to you review it, I'm like feeling almost like a shit heel <laughs> that I was going to t- to say, man, I re- this is one that we are on opposite polar ends of. Have I to fucking be. could not stand it because he's for me. Ugh. For me, Stewart is very charming in it. Um, I don't. I don't mind that he does act goofy, goofy when he's uh, when he's happy. Um, Ugh. He, I, you know, and I, you know, goofy, I, I, I mean, goofy is a word is definitely a, oh, and he does. And I mean, that's, that's, that's <sighs> his, that's this character's personality, I think. And the, um, I too like what it, how it looked, uh, especially when the, when this, when it gets grimmer, I, I'd like, like, was it like a sound? Do you think it was like, it was a set, right? Um, yeah, for the most the part, there was a set. few times it looked like they actually had snow, but I think, I think maybe like the main street might have been outdoors somewhere. But a lot of this looked like it was filmed on a set. Um, but I liked what it looked like too, and he, uh, like Stewart, especially when he kind of loses his shit, like um, how dark and like grim he looks. I thought that was like well done too. But yeah, this works for me. So. Um, if I had to rate it, honestly, this is a this is, it's you know, if you're in the mood for for sap, this this is the kind of sap oh, that works for me. If you like sap, if it, it, it's it's like okay, if if sap was like a Randy <laughs> West just blowing one of his <laughs> freeze dried half nuts, and and that was some like a on the level of sap, that was a small amount of sap. This is a uh, one hundred guy, uh, bukaki, <laughs> goo girl, uh, goo girl, bukaki sap. This is so much <laughs> sap, it's gushing out. It's, oh, 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 oh. it's, it's every. It's just disgustingly sap. It's so disgustingly <laughs> sappy that, um, if you were a Canadian and you loved like fucking syrup, which is pretty much like tree sap, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this this would gag a, a fucking Canadian. <laughs> uh yeah well it it works for me listen this, this one is this one for me is it's a 9.5 yeah but i uh, i uh, seriously when i when we were th- when i was thinking uh, when, when we were going to review this start tonight mm-hmm. i was thinking jesus fucking christ <laughs> we did trancers <laughs> and then we did it's a wonderful life and trancers, like trancers better <laughs> is a cult classic that probably only if you know a handful of people like us you know know it and whatever and this is this this huge iconic movie and i would watch trancers i would watch trancers again right now to, right now and i will unequivocally say that i will never watch this again oh. and if somebody's like maybe down the road if somebody said and i thought well maybe i'll give it another chance maybe if i watched it with my sister who fucking loves it or or i don't know but i just seriously man <laughs> it was awful i can't understand how people 
But that's, I hate when people say that. Like, I can't understand why somebody, if you like it, you like it. More power to you if it works for you. It just did not work for me, and I, I, I just don't get it. What do you rate it? Fuck. Uh, like a th- three? Ooh. I would go two. Seriously, I would give this a two. No, because, well, okay. I'm try- but I, right now I'm making excuses just so I won't feel so bad. I will give this a two. I hated it. Ugh. I fucking hated it. That's too bad. Yeah, it just was awful for me. Yeah. yeah All right. There is our review of "It's a Wonderful Life." Um, <laughs> <laughs> our our building of a pedestal and then pooping upon said pedestal. <laughs> said pedestal. Um, <laughs> let's take a break and we got a little bit of feed sack and we'll wrap things up. We'll be right back. Hey, this is the ghost of the King of Comics, Jack Kirby. When I'm not haunting Stan Lee, I'm what? listening to my favorite comic book podcast, Double Page Spread. Each week, Wendy Freeman talks to creators like Cullen Bunn, Mark Wade, Evan Dorkin, and more. She is one cool dame who knows a lot about comics. So when I'm at my drawn board in heaven cranking out fourth world pages, I'm listening to Double Page Spread. Available on iTunes, Libsyn, and the Stitcher Network. Feeling pretty good for la 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 la. Taking my time on the la 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 la. Snow falling down in the la 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 la. Everybody singing like la 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 la. Decking on the hall with the la 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 la. Making my way to the la 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 la. Remember that from Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez, a radio show. It might be on Sirius. On the, they were they used to be on the Opie and Anthony station. I don't know if that's still, because I know Anthony got in trouble for saying some racist shit and got fired. So, so I don't know what's going on with that. But it's Ron, this might still be on. That was a good show. Opie and Jim Brewer, or not Jim Brewer, Jim, uh, Jim Norton. Jim Norton. Yeah. I've seen him. I've seen his stand up. He's very gross, but he's he's good. He's he can be an abrasive asshole, man. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen when him and Jesse Ventura got into it on no. Opie and Anthony? They got into it bad i thought jesse ventura was going to beat his ass <laughs> and he's an old man but i mean still they got into it about uh i don't know if it was about nine i think it was 9 11 i think i know yeah. what you're talking about yeah and jesse looked fucking weird he looked like uh is that when he had that weird like uh stringy fucking hair flying all over on the, the back of his head yeah yeah it looked weird re- i mean he looked like a like something out of rocky horror picture or something. <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> Uh, that was Bill's uh, song choice. Yeah, let's see if uh, Ron and Fez is still on uh, radio. They're pretty funny. Was it R- Ron? Ron and Fez. Fez is a, was a big fan of... Uh, F-E-Z? Yeah, Pez Watley. Oh, Pistol Pez. So yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Pistol Fez. <laughs> He'll talk about old old uh, Southern wrestling sometimes. I think they I think they were based in Florida. Dirty roads. Um, all right, so a little bit of feed sack this week. Uh, let me oh. flip over here. Tit... Feed sack. Feed sack. What the hell did I do with it? Here we go. All right, we got one from Ralph. Um, hi, Loaf and Zom. First hi. of all, 
A happy new year to both of you, and fuck the flu. I agree with that. Hope you get well soon, Loaf. I also hope you keep the show running despite having only 13 listeners. That's 13 more than I have. Be Ooh. proud. Uh, I want to comment on your last episode. I watched The Outside Man, and I agree with your positive review, but how could you forget to mention the Trintignant in The Great Silence? I don't know that I've seen I The Great Silence. It. That's probably why. Have you seen it? I don't think so. Maybe we need to review that. Um, this marks his standout role easily, in my opinion. I can't believe you haven't seen that one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, if you didn't go, let's see. If you didn't go. Oh, this one with Klaus Kinski, uh, yeah. Western. If you didn't go, fuck yourselves, or Kinski will raise from his grave and do it for you. If you didn't go, fuck yourselves. Kinski will race from his grave and do it for you. Speaking of being fucked by Klaus Kinski, the last time I wrote in, I asked about your uh, wrestlers who turned out to be decent actors. Now, how about <laughs> porn stars? <laughs> oh. uh, as you are certainly two XX experts, I maybe more Zom than me. I watch in 30-second clips. Um, I'd be interested <laughs> in your opinion, although porn flicks don't count. Um, I can think of not that many, to be honest, even though I watch a lot of straight-to-DVD crap. I think I'll go with Sly, who may already have talked on your show about his porn days. I don't know. I cannot understand a single word he says. <laughs> on the female side, I think Tracy Lords was at least watchable in her serious acting roles. So now I let the pros speak. Rolf Aus. That is German for Rolf, what are we uh, doing here? P.S. You should definitely cover some porn flicks someday. I mean, uh, Will and Rick and those muscle guys did it on their last XXXmas special, so you should go for it too. They follow us enough. I mean, like copy us and everything. That is it true. It's kind of stupid for us to do something that they've done. Porn stars that made good actors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's his name? Was it Arbola? He was uh, in um, Han Cannibal Holocaust. I almost said Hannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. And he was making some mainstream stuff before people realized that he was the porn star guy. And then mm -hmm. it kind of dried up after that. Uh, that's a guy. Um, I know that Rocco Sefredi has made some regular movies. I mean, some of them have... Uh, um, not hardcore sex, but they might have might have like soft core kind of stuff in them. Uh, Marilyn Chambers was good. She was in Rabid, Rabid. That's mm -hmm. was in, wasn't that Cronenberg? Yep. Um, Veronica Hart was. She's been in some stuff that at, uh, and she's pretty good. Uh, Nina Hartley's pretty good. I mean, you know, mm. there's there's several of them that can that can do it. I'm just uh, looking through like lists of porn stars that turn movie stars, and like I don't even recognize any of these fucking names. <laughs> uh, I, none of them ever, you know. What's her name? Sasha Gray. I thought I'll be on. I mean, that, with a girlfriend experience or whatever. That um, see, I've never seen any. Yeah, like I know some was, of these I names. Thought she was awful. Like Asia Carrera is one apparently. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything besides. Let's see. Chasey Lane. I know that name, but I don't think I've ever seen her in anything other, that, other than that. 
Jenna Jameson was in something. What? What was she in? Zombie strippers. Yeah, right. They're like that. Like that didn't suck. <laughs> Ginger Lynn was in some like low budget uh, drive-in movies, and she wasn't very good. Monique Alexander, Christine DeBell, Pandora Peaks. Yeah, I'm sure she's great. <laughs> Nautica. Ron Thorne. Jeremy. Ron Jeremy was in Boondock Saints. Ugh, that stinks. <laughs> Paul Baresi. Never heard of him. Although he was in John Travolta's Perfect. He's Terry also White in the Ghost of Mars. Predator Two. Uh we'll just I'll just say Sonny Landon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how about that? I don't know anybody else besides Sly. Tracy Lords, maybe, but I don't know that I've seen much with I don't she wasn't in that many movies. Yeah. Ginger Lynn. She was Cheyenne in Silver. That I saw, but they weren't many. I saw her in some of her mainstream things and it, it was you know, but the movies just weren't good. But she was in that, uh, was it uh, Zach and Mary make a porno? Yeah, I never even saw that. And she Didn't she poop all over a bunch of people? <laughs> Kiki. I gotta see you? The Great Silence now. Yeah. Maybe I we should do that next week. Sergio Corbucci. Oh, Mary, what's wrong? You got some wax in your ear? You gonna do that next week instead? Well, what are we gonna do it with? I don't know. Let's think about that for a second. Who else is a child molester? Is there a Bill Cosby? We could do a Bill Cosby, Klaus Kinski. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't a child molester. He was just a a molester, molester. Who? Bill Cosby. Yeah. Well, now that one girl that says she was only fifteen years old. Oh no! I didn't even heard about her. Oh, there you go. Hi, Mary. We could do two Klaus Kinski movies. All right. Um, I'll look through him real quick. Let me go go look through go on the uh, hop on Klaus Kinski's list there and see what you can find and I am going to Klaus read, a, read our other uh email. <laughs> Thank you for yours, up. Rolf. Um <laughs> this is from Matt. Uh hey Zaman Loaf. Matt hey. from Omaha here. I hear they have good steaks. I don't eat steak anymore though. Uh started listening last spring. And wanted to tell you both that I really enjoy the show. It gets me through some long Saturdays at work. You both crack me up and keep me sane. Keep up the great work. Fine, sirs. You have a listener for life. Yeah. Matt. He didn't say yet. I, I put that in. Um, yeah. P.S. Since you guys have been doing the Q&A and are comic readers, I thought I'd ask. What comic got you into reading comic books? Mine, mine was Marvel's GI Joe number fifteen from nineteen eighty three. Oh, we're actually going by we're going by what, what actual issue? Maybe if you if you can remember it, um, had it had Snake Eyes hanging from a plane Bombay door while a Cobra dude stomped on his hands. He's been reading comics ever <laughs> since. Can you think of one offhand? I I know mine. Um, um let me look here. I I know I don't. I'll have to see what the... Um, I, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I had, growing up, um, probably when I was about four, I got this issue of Marvel's Greatest Comics starring the Fantastic Four. Basically, Marvel's Greatest Comics just reprinted a certain right. run of fa Fantastic Four comics. And this is a reprint of Fantastic Four number 112. The issue of Marvel's Greatest Comics was number 92. It came out in like 1980 or 79 or something like that. But it, it was Hulk versus The Thing. And, and all it was was a black cover. It had, uh, it had the th like basically The Thing getting ready to punch Hulk and Hulk with his arms up. 
And it just says Hulk versus Thing. Nuff said on the front with the black cover with the two of them. <laughs> and I remember fucking Hulk throwing a throwing like a Ferris wheel at the at Thing. And like <laughs> I I I had this thing for years. Like the cover fell off, and I I get taped it back on. I had my name written on the front. I I would take it for show and tell all the time. Nice. And I fucking loved this comic book. I would read it so much. And um. I had another so one. They do show and tell, and every time you got up there, everybody would groan because it was the same thing. It was that, and um, there was another thing. This thing called Crusher, and it was kind of the the opposite of Stretch Armstrong. You would, um, it was this. He looked like a big lizard, and instead of stretching him out, you would smush him into the tiniest ball you could, and then you'd hit this button on his belt, and he would reinflate like like that. That's just insanity. <laughs> I would take that for show and tell all the time too. And I also had Marvel's greatest comics. Um, 76 that I read a lot and uh, that one had I always remember the cover of it. I don't remember the story of it but it's the, the cover says if the Fantastic Four fails it means World War 3 and uh, Reed Richards is all stretched out and, and catching uh, Invisible Girl um, huh? as they're flying through the air so but yeah the, the Hulk versus Thing issue was probably the one that got me getting to comics well I'll tell you uh, people um, it's hard for me to actually say like what is what specific issue, um, but the as the farthest back I can remember, and this is funny, uh, it was Fantastic Four because I think if I remember correctly, um, well number one, um, when we would my dad would take me to the barber shop. Uh, and you'd be sitting there waiting to get your hair cut. Um, he would, uh, this guy that we, we, we just kind of knew him for so long. We were friends or our barber and, um, he would have some comic books, um, nice. sitting there, uh, you know, just a, maybe a couple or a few or whatever, uh, and magazines. And, um, I, I remember that later on down the road, he would have some DC ones, mm-hmm. but I really couldn't, I just, didn't think they were that good and just didn't get into them. But um, um, they had a um, Fantastic Four, and it was like one of those giant-sized ones that uh, it wasn't the size of a regular comic. It was like really big. Yeah, like the giant size X-Men they did in the mid-'70s. Yeah, and it was that. And I just remember the. Uh, that's why probably when people say, well, who's your favorite comic book character of all time it's always the thing because he was my first i just liked the, the when when i first saw that character with the orange rocks you know and everything mm-hmm. i mean i just was that was my shit that was my guy that uh, you know i always liked him i always liked that you know the yancey street gang would always fuck with him and uh he i, I loved when he would wear clothes like he'd try and go incognito <laughs> he'd put that a giant in. fucking trench coat and the fedora he yeah would wear. <laughs> and i remember that one this man this monster where the guy um he was all depressed and the guy took him in and offered him and said, you know, hey, man, you look like you're down on your luck. And he might have been drunk or something. And so he's like, hey, you know, if you need to talk or whatever. So he, he went to this. And now that I'm saying it, it's like, you know, God, he, he went to this guy's, like, apartment and, um, in New York. And the guy was like, hey, man, you look like you need a friend to talk to. You know, why don't you come in? We'll have a couple of drinks or whatever. And so he did. And the guy drugged him. And the guy was like a 
I can't remember if it was uh, Alicia's dad who was, like, what the hell his name was, that he was a bad guy. Not mastermind, but something like that. Mm-hmm. And he had some kind of a contraption set up where he reduced the thing back to Ben Grimm and he turned himself into the thing. And it was really, I mean, I just remember <laughs> that. But it, I just, I, I remember that giant size one and I was actually looking for it to find the one with the cover. And, and it was kind of a generic cover with just all four of them. Reed's arm was going out, stretched. Uh, I think the thing was in front. Johnny was flying behind him. And of course, Sue standing off the side. Half of her body was invisible, but the other half was, you know, for like the, her legs and stuff were invisible. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it was, that, that was it. And the, 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 the two, I remember Fantastic Four and uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, were like probably the two earliest comics, and those are probably my two favorite characters. And there's been so many after that that have come along where when I got out of comics for for quite a while, and then my next-door neighbor had uh, X-Men 100, mm-hmm. which had like the old X-Men of Cyclops, Beast, uh, Angel, Iceman, uh, Marvel Girl against the new X-Men that had Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, and all them. And um, that was kind of like, I think the end of that one is where uh, the Phoenix, Jean Grey, they were on the space shuttle coming back and she sacrificed herself to save them and all this stuff. And he had that and that kind of got me back into it. And then I was out of it for a long time until I went to college and when I went to college, one of the first books that I started reading after that was it was a an X-Men comic um, where they were in Japan and uh, Rogue had just become a good good guy, you know, right. and uh, and she was with Wolverine and they were fighting against like Silver Samurai they had a battle with him and Silver Samurai in it, and Viper was in it too. So that was another time I get it. And then the next juncture, because I got out of it for a while after that, was uh, probably in night in like around 2001 or 2002. Is I decided I'm not going to fall into that trap of where you buy. They have one X Men book, and oh, then they went yeah. from Uncanny X Men to. Uncanny X-Men and X-Men, then X-Force, X-Factor, and you ended up buying a whole bunch. I'm like, I was at the grocery store, and they had one of those spin-around things. Oh, yeah. And I picked up a issue of Avengers, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to get this one Avengers comic, and then when I'm at the grocery store, I'll get an Avengers comic every time. And it was when they did the... Um, the uh, thing on the raft and the whole thing where they started up with the character of Sentry, where they found him in this in the in, in the prison, the raft or whatever, uh, and um, they started that whole story of who is Sentry, and and they they uh, they had Avengers disassemble. Well, then when that became popular, I think that was Bendis, and it became really popular. They did Avengers, Uncanny Avengers, Avengers Academy, Avengers, and I fell right back into it, which is where I am now, and I probably get 20 books a fucking month. (laughs) Yeah, I I got out of it, too, when I was uh, like middle school or whatever, and I think uh, when Spider-Man started up in like 1990, it got me back into it. 
so I was Marvel, like, you know, X-Men, X-Force, Spider-Man, all that stuff. Because I, I really liked Spider-Man when I was in high school. And then I kind of got out of it again. But when I, um, after college, when I got back into comics again, it was, honestly, it was DC that got me back into it. And I've not read, I've not read any Marvel comics in probably 15 or 20 years. You motherfucker! Uh, but, like, because I met, I'll tell you what did it. I met uh, the guy that created Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um Martin O'Dell, and it just got me really interested. I met him at a comic book convention, and it got me really interested in reading Green Lantern. and And the thing with Green Lantern is with the with the way they've done the story now. Green Lantern is like you know, well, the, their their planet is the center of the universe, so every big storyline ultimately ends up revolving somehow around the Green Lantern force, right? The the core. Well, you know, I really got into Green Lantern probably like a year or more ago, mm-hmm. and Sinestro uh, actually became a Green Lantern again, uh-huh. and they were, f- I can't remember what the hell was going on, but they had a big thing where they had the, the red ones and the yellow ones, the black ones, blah, 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 all the different Lantern cores and everything, and I really liked it, and then they just kind of, I was really into that because I, I thought, man, I don't know if it was because I really didn't like the Green Lantern movie that much, but I yeah. liked Mark Strong as Sinestro. I liked Sinestro more than anybody else, and I thought it was just cool. That I, I really they, liked Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern probably like 10 years ago. Uh, the... What was like the whole like discussing the yellow weakness and Sinestro yeah. and the yellow core and and all that stuff but um and now i've i've actually i'm gone i've gone back in time and i just reread crisis on infinite earth for the first time in years and um i've i've gotten really into reading the either uh, action comics and the superman comics like that happened right after yeah. crisis so i've been reading a bunch of i think john john Byrne is uh, he wrote both of those books then so i'm like reading it. a lot of mid 80s superman now so and well and the thing is out. now is it's not like if you have uh access to other means yeah you can read i mean right now i have so much shit uh via uh yes this angel in the sky <laughs> that i'm sitting there and i said this on the the show i did by myself uh last week i almost feel overwhelmed because i have so much i have all these subscriptions coming in the mail from marvel that i'm trying to keep up with then i got all this stuff uh, digital stuff that that and I, it's like fuck. Yeah. I have so much great stuff, and I want to get it. And it's like, well, I don't have. And then, I don't yeah, have and more time, and you know, in the I'm day. the same way. And I start reading, and I read like an issue, and I fall asleep. <laughs> 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 I'm getting old. Anyway, that's it for feed sack. Uh, did you find a, Kla- a Kinski movie? Oh, Jesus, we started talking about that, and I fucking forgot. <laughs> um. We could do it. We could do one of his really weird ones with uh, with uh, that guy, <laughs> Werner Herzog. Yeah, I like I like Herzog, and I I mean you know say what you want about Kinski, I I like him as an actor, um, like Agiri or uh, yeah something like that. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Let's do Agiri, Wrath of God, and The Great Silence. To uh, to. Sure. Kinski fil- films, and I'll see if I've seen Great Silence or not. I don't remember. It's uh, once I start watching it, I'll know. But um, 
I may, I, I don't think I have, but I might, you know what? I'll, I'll have to look. I might actually have that on uh, somewhere. I'll probably do too. When cool. They those, when they had those E, E fray, each lay. <laughs> exactly. Well, Trin Tignon is coming back to the show already. Yeah. And, um, uh, we'll do a couple Kinskis for next week. Uh, you can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find our show on iTunes. You need to watch The Conformist, too, by the way. I need to watch The Conformist. Yeah, with Trintignan. Yeah, I, I mean, wrote that, that one down from the last time. Holy shit. I watched it again last week, and yeah. it's literally one of these ones that you can't, like, take your eyes off. I'm going to watch it tonight. Are you really? Yeah. Are I you lying to me? Are you just trying to make me feel good? Maybe. Because you fucked me on uh, It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> no, Are you going to watch it? And then I'm going to watch it and just take stuff. a big diarrhea shit on it next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Um, right in its face. And uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher and our website at silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash silva and gold and join get gentleman's guide to comics we talk a lot of comics and i just post screenshots of all the uh uh angel given comics that i have i love comics so yep my um, man grown man so yeah we got kinski next week that's it for this week until then this is a loaf oot 